Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 17 of the big show, some Enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Really fun episode today. It's the Bob Pro- fourth annual Bob Probert Invitational Bracket Preview Show. And I uh, got an all-new all new guest to the podcasting world. It's the first time he's on the podcast. I've been trying to get him for a while now. And uh, we just, what, were our, what was our topic going to be? Well, I found a topic. And uh, But before I get into that, like I said, a member of the Hockey Podcasting Network. Uh, like I said, we got all 31 NHL teams are covered. Uh, not, I don't know, after today, I don't know if the season's starting. We'll see. Uh, but uh, if it gets rolling, I know they have a number of episodes are getting excited and uh, willing to, they, you know, they do it daily, or not daily, but a weekly, you know, review of the games and what have you. And so whatever team you're a fan of, whatever team you're a fan of, it's on the network. Also, Terry Ryan, Brady Liebold, they're on there with me. And, and uh, there's something for everyone, we'll put it that way. And of course, i got to talk about my boys outside of the network, Alec over at Five for Fighting. Always got great guests on Dude's Killing. He's got like six episodes in the can. I asked him, how do you get all these guests? How do you do it? But uh, check out the Enforcer. If you're a Facebook person, the Enforcer Appreciation page. Alec, it's got like 10,000 members. It's ridiculous over there. Check it out. And uh, he's doing a great job. William over at the Biscuit, of course. Been on his show lots. And uh, always have fun talking to William. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, Paul, Dan, and Kelly over at the uh, Beta Puck Show. Uh, Slewfoot Hockey Show. Get the Gate. You know, hopefully those boys all get rolling. I know, I know they're uh, kind of a current NHL show. So of course, with the pandemic and the season stoppage, you know, it's it's kind of you know tough treading for those guys. But uh, you know, when everything gets back up and going, uh, I hope everybody checks them out. Like I said, it's uh, I know every ex player and their dog has a show now, and having a podcast almost cliche these days. But uh, you know, like I said, with the, us little guys, we're the mom and pop shops of podcasting. I know everybody. Spit and Jiggles, Spit and Jiggles, you know. And, hey, and I dig biz and all those guys. I listen to Spit and Jiggles too. Not a lot, but, you know, when they have guests on that I like and stuff. But they do a great job, and, hey, they're number one. I mean, they're the they're the Coke of podcasting, right? The Coca-Cola of podcasting. So, you know, and I'm not trying to compete with them or anything. But at the same time, like I always tell people, there's lots of other good content getting put out there that, that Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonette aren't on. So, uh, I, you know, thank you. So if you're listening to this, you obviously you've tuned in. So thank you very much. Like I said, I know there's lots of stuff to listen to out there, and there's always so much time in the day for people to do it. So the fact that you chose me, I really appreciate it, and I hope you stick with me. Like I said, this is episode, what did I say, 17? No, what is it? You always know your recording schedule. Uh, I've, been, I've done a bunch of intros today right in a row, so I'm, my numbers are getting confused. But, uh... Yeah, go back and check out the other episodes. Like I said, every Wednesday is new content, and every Sunday I put up an old player interview from my old website that crashed, 
And I always call it a From the Vault episode because I wanted to get all those episodes back on the internet for people to listen to because they were great stories. And this last one was Chris Waltz. He was a great, you know, great talk. And, uh, you know, I've had John Morasti, Sean McMorrow, Joey Tedarenko, uh, Dean Mayrad. I mean, you know, lots of great guys to, you know, from the Vault episodes. And uh, I, I highly encourage everybody to go go back and have, give those a listen, as well as my new stuff that, I, like I said, comes out every Wednesday. So, if I got you now, hopefully you go back and check out the other 16 episodes. And uh, like I said, I'm re- really happy. Like, I put a lot of uh, time and, uh, you know, and I do the research for the guests. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't sh- I, I like to think I don't short anybody. And uh, we turn over every stone and try to get all the stories. And, you know, my, my latest uh, player interview was with Roman Volpat. And he was great. Like I said, we talked about coming from the Czech Republic over to Moose Job. What a culture shock that was, playing with the Warriors and Junior and getting drafted by the Blues and going to Blues camp, meeting Twist for the first time. You should hear that story. And then, of course, you know, you get traded to Philly and, uh, you know, you got some behind-the-scenes stories about Eric Lindros and, uh, you know, and a, and a real interesting insider looks, right? So I think people really, and so far people have really enjoyed the interview. So that was that was really rewarding to hear. So, uh, like I said, I, I really, I hope everybody checks that stuff out. And, uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, uh, if you're on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, Really, honestly, uh, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification thing. That way, every time I upload a new fight, you'll get notified right away. You won't miss a single punch. Like I said, there's about 10, or 10,000, pardon me. Let's try that again. 2,000 fight videos on there. Any league you're looking for, just type, I've got them all sorted. Type in whatever league in the little magnifying glass that you're looking for. Boom, up it comes. And uh, from junior to pro. And, um, yeah, I encourage everybody to check that out. You'll get lost in the rabbit hole. You'll be on there for an hour, trust me, before you know it. But, uh, no, other than that, uh, no, today, again, like I said, History of Hockey Fights on Twitter, dude named Dave, and, uh, like I said, I've known Dave since the message board days of the early, ni- or late 90s, and, uh, which a lot of our brief, our bracket talks so far, uh, like I said, uh, like, this is the fourth year that I've done it, and, uh, I always had, uh, when Probert, from Steve, from when Probert was King.com, he's done the last couple bracket preview shows, and, uh, and Steve's a great guest, he kills it every time, and I've had him on, um, I think he was episode two or three that I did, you know, we did his top 25 of all time, and, and he gets in depth and breaks it all down, it was a great interview, and hopefully everybody checks that episode out, but, and also check his website out, when Probert was King.com, he does a lot of great writing on there, and video, and he really breaks stuff down, it's really cool, it's an old, old, believe me, it's an old school hockey fans treasure trove over there but um no for this year i just kind of wanted to get a different voice and uh and like i said it was nothing per- nothing personal against steve you know but it was just uh something different and I, like i said i've known dave for a long time and you know it was a, get a different opinion and a different slant on things and and we did that and this episode was, like I said, it was really different in the fact that, you know, we didn't break down every matchup or whatever. We just kind of went through the bracket and talked about different guys and just our opinions on them and, and our old memories of them and, and that type of thing. And like I said, for the most part, it was kind of an old, an old farts, uh, talk about VHS tapes and tape trading and message, early message board talk and early message board controversies and, and everything else that we, you know, we took so serious back in the day, but it's, it's, it's funny now, but it was good times, you know, back then. And, you know, the NHL games would happen that night and there'd always be, you know, potential fights. And I mean, this is late nineties, early two thousands. So, I mean, you literally every night there was a bunch of fights. So, and you know, and it would come up and people would talk about who they thought would win. And the homers from this group would say this guy won. And this group over here would say their guy won. And, 
there'd be three pages of internet arguing over who won, but you know, I, you know, I didn't get too involved in that stuff. And, but, uh, you know, but there was a minor league section and there was a tape trading section and that's how I got to know Dave. And we ended up trading lots of stuff and, uh, over the years and, and he filmed a lot of stuff and I know he, uh, he filmed the Traverse City's rookie tournament and, um, you know, and all that stuff. He has his YouTube channel and, uh, you know, I'll put the link out there and, uh, he filmed some great stuff. I mean, did you know Brian McGratton? Tried out with the Red Wings? Bet you didn't. He was a Red Wings prospect at one time. Um, Dave filmed them fighting Derek Bougard in Minnesota. Two young kids swinging, two 18-year-olds going at it, and Boogie. And and I said back then they were just, you know, the kids up from junior and looking for NHL or NHL draft picks or guys looking for minor league deals as free agents, right? Free agent invitees. And uh, Jordan Tutu and Scott Hartnell. and Well, they weren't invitees, but, I mean, draft picks. And Zach Fitzgerald and... You know, he had a lot, and at the time he didn't know it, but looking back on it now, it's like, oh man, that guy was there? So yeah, we talked about all the guys that he filmed, and we had some laughs over that, and like I said, it was just a real, you know, fun conversation that I, I laughed, and initially when I asked Dave to come on, he was like, oh, I'm not even going to be able to get an hour, and you know, we kind of, I told him, I, Dave, I know you're listening back to this, I said, I told you, I said, we're going to get going, it's going to be two hours before you know it. And sure as shit, that's exactly what happened. He even said it in the tweet, or the text after. He's like, I can't believe we talked that long. And it was like, I said, everybody says that when they come on this show. But uh, yeah, time starts going. And, and like I said, we don't get an opportunity to talk um, old school hockey that much anymore. So it, it was fun to uh, it was fun to revisit that. So um, I hope everybody, I hope you guys en- enjoy it. And uh, like I said, come really, uh, thank you very much. for. Like I said, there's lots of stuff to listen to. And the fact that you chose... The fourth line voice, I, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And uh, but guys, I got to do this to you. And don't hit, don't hit fast forward. I know, I know all these podcasts nowadays. Everyone's got advertising in the middle of their show, the end of the show, the beginning of the show. And I get it, I get it. Still, don't hit stop or fast forward. Um, you know, obviously on the network show, they have sponsors and, uh, and it helps the network out and they pay for things. But I told the guys, I said, I'm not just going to sponsor anything. You know, I want to, you know, stuff that kind of, you know, fits my deal and, you know, and, um, and they found one and it was, it's coolhockey.com. They make jerseys and, uh, um, and I, and I know even on Twitter, I know a lot of people, a lot of followers on Twitter are big Jersey guys, you know, uh, not, I'm not talking game worn, but like. You know, you know, third jerseys or when the stadium series comes out, the new jerseys and blah, blah, blah. They're always, or a guy got traded to the team. Oh, I got to get my guy, right, or whatever. Well, here's your opportunity. And I know, like I said, I was at the mall the other day, and I was at uh, Jersey City in Midtown Mall here. And they have, the you know, the real real deal jerseys, the hand-sewn numbers, the fight strap, the whole nine yards. $299 they wanted for them. And I've seen him for $300. I mean, we've all seen the prices at the malls. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, this cool hockey, like I said, they've been around since the 90s. They're out of Toronto. They're NHLPA endorsed, so they're not just some fly-by-night uh, knockoff place. They've been around. I asked some of these Jersey guys. I did my due diligence. If you ever ordered from these guys? I'm not a Jersey guy, so I didn't know, but I wanted to make sure. So I asked a few folks. They're like, yeah, they're legit, always good. All right. So I typed it in. If you use the promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN, at checkout, save 30%, sometimes 40%, depending. I'm sure once the season gets going, they're probably going to do something like that, but it's a minimum 30%. Free shipping. Get this one, guys. I did it. I did. I picked up Flames uh, just for shits and giggles. I did the Flames alternate jersey. 
hand knitted or knitted or number whatever hand sewn like the real stuff. Hand sewn McGratton number sixteen Flames third jersey. Typed in the put in the shipping or the THPN. 180 bucks shipping with free shipping, guys. There you go. How do you beat that? Half the price of what I saw at the mall. And it's the same jersey. Hand sewn number. That was the guy I wanted too. I didn't have to just take whoever was on the rack at the at the mall. It was you can put whoever you want. Hell, you can put your name on there if you want. You know, so uh, you know, he hate me sixty nine if you want. Um, you know, so like I said, it's uh the authentic deal, the fight straps, the whole nine yards, they're not knockoffs. You can hand sewn numbers. You don't have to get the numbers, you don't have to get anything if you don't want to, you can just get the jersey. Um, but I, I wanted to see what the whole, you know, if I was going to get a jersey, that's what I would get. I, I want to talk to each of the boys, though, and try to get a hold of somebody at Cool Hockey. Tell them to, re, uh, I, they got to update their vintage section. we got to get some get some Whalers jersey and some, per- I said, you get a Purple Kings jersey, I'll damn well get Baumgartner on the back of that beauty, I'll tell you. I'll drop the 180 bucks for sure. Maybe that, I'll do that with my first uh, Hockey Podcast Network check. Hey, Isha? Uh, he knows I'm messing with him. <laughs> no, but guys, like I said, if you're a Jersey guy, that would really help us out. It helps the network out. Like I said, I'm not doing this to like, I get money from it or anything, but like I said, these guys, they, they're hosting like 40 shows, and so, I mean, they have expenses and costs, and, uh, you know, with any sponsor, that's how you make money, right? It's through the sponsors, so I don't I don't know what the whole details are. I didn't ask, like, how many jerseys to get so-and-so a percentage or whatever it is, but all I know is if you're buying the jerseys anyway, I give I'm giving you a pretty good uh, uh, outlet to get get a pretty good deal. And like I said, for the American, I mean, with the exchange rate, you guys are killing it. So why not? And for my Canadian listeners, they're 180 bucks for the authentic real deal and free shipping from Toronto. Order it and ban. It'll be on your doorstep by Friday. How can you go wrong? You know. So I mean, I wouldn't lead you straight here at the old four LV. You know, so uh, I hope you guys will uh, will take me up on that offer, and uh, and and if you do, seriously, get a hold of me on Twitter and let me know how it went, and uh, you know, good or bad or otherwise, and, and like I'll let the I'll let the boys know. So uh, yeah, give us some feedback if you if you're gonna order. But uh, there we go. I'm I don't call it an ad read. I call that an ad suggestion. So I hope that I hope that was good and. Uh, like I said, I hope you guys didn't fast forward through it. But like I said, I don't. If you're not Jersey people, then you probably did fast forward through it. But if you are, um, you, you, we all know you listening. If you Jersey folks, and I, I, hey Dan and Paul, I'm looking at you. I know you guys are going to get new stuff, so I hope you guys take advantage of that uh, that that um, that promo code, and it works out. Well, it'll work out, but I hope that uh, that you do it. But. Uh, all right, Darren, shut up. Let's get on with this preview show. So there we go. Here's my preview show with uh, Dave from The History of Hockey Fights. He was a great guest. I really enjoyed talking to him. Thank you very much, Dave, for coming on again. Thank you guys very much for uh, choosing the fourth line voice. And June 27th, high noon, get on Twitter and vote. All right, guys, thanks. All right, here we are on the fourth line voice on a special edition, the fourth annual Bob Probert Invitational Tournament. And every year, I kind of, I always like to do a preview kind of bracket episode. And uh, the last couple years, I've had Steve from WhenProbertWasKing.com come on, and he broke shit down for us and uh, the different matchups and stuff. But I went went a different direction this time. We get a different voice on the show, and I've known this character for. Uh, 
Jeez, I don't know when have we been. I, I'm going to really date us here. I'm going to say we traded VHS tapes. That's how long. <laughs> that's how long ago it was. But we're going to get into that, and uh, we're going to talk about a few uh, camcorder sessions on footage that you people on YouTube take for granted now that this that this gentleman provided. But uh, without further ado, I'd like to. Uh, he's known on Twitter as the History of Hockey Fights. Dave, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Darren. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. Hey, man. No, thank you very much for coming on. And like I said, we've been uh, setting this up for the last few days, and uh, I know everyone's busy in their life, but uh, here, here we are, and we're going to, uh, like I said, maybe not so much uh, the hypothetical matchups and stuff, but just kind of we'll talk about the different guys that I have. This, the, You know, we have a 64 guys in this tournament, and, uh, and I know you partake and vote and uh, every year, so... Uh, yeah, and I mean we've we've all seen the footage and everything, so I think we'll kind of just uh, you know I'll kind of get your impressions on the guys, of, you know maybe where you first saw them, and you know we'll 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 see where this conversation takes us. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm I'm open to to anything, and I I you know it's been a, we've been in this hobby a while, Darren. You're absolutely right. VHS tapes, and you know we go back a ways, and uh, you were probably I think you might have been the guy that got me on Twitter actually when I when I saw you uh, start your. Uh, you know, your feet or whatever, uh, I thought, now this guy's got it figured out. So but I didn't want to do what you did, and I, I didn't want to do what other people did, so I just tried to find a niche out there that, you know, would provide, you know, dates and days. Because I know when we lost that drop-your-glove site, I know a lot of people, that, you know, that, that hurt because that was, a, that was a huge tool that we all used to uh, research fight cards and, and things like that. So uh, that was a bummer seeing that go away. So I thought, well, at the very least, maybe I can at least, you know, post some of the best fights because we, we had that kind of information uh, archived and, and just kind of keep it going that way. Well, yeah. And I mean, I know your YouTube channel is really good. And of course on, on Twitter, I mean, you got, I was, I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention. I went and looked the other day. I said, son of a bitch, this guy's got like 12,000 followers. And I'm like, wow, you're like, I knew you had a lot, but I was like, man, you're killing it on Twitter. And, um, you know, <laughs> it was funny Lazito sent me Joe sent me a a, a message one day when I hit 10,000 I think and he you know the thumbs up or whatever and I, the only thing I could say was yeah we do we do real well with the porn bot crowd I think <laughs> I don't know if, if half of those are even legitimate but uh, we'll, we'll take what we can get well yeah I was gonna say yeah exactly I was gonna say uh, I'm you know I've, I'm sitting over here with my measly you know 5,900 but like I said probably you know 77 of them are active but, uh, <laughs> you know, well, that was part of it too. You know, when I started, I, I thought I'd be entertaining you and maybe 10 other people. And, uh, it, you know, I think some of the videos that we started posting, you know, right in the feed, that's when things started to take off. I, I think people like to just watch them in the feed rather than, you know, getting outside or going to links and things like that. And once I figured that little, that little niche out, uh, things really did start to explode a little bit. So yeah, well, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that because that took that's how slow on the uptake I am. I would always, yeah, I always have the big YouTube, you know, the YouTube 2000 fights on YouTube and whatever. Okay, that's cool and all. And I always put the links on Twitter and whatever, and you'd get some views and stuff. But yeah, all of a sudden, it was up two, week, two weeks ago. I finally, I think it was Alec from Five for Fighting told me, oh, embed the video and blah, blah, whatever, you know. So I'm like, okay, so they don't have to click on the link. They can just scroll, and it'll start playing for them. Well, shit, I put up one fight. I think 6,000 views or something had gone all of a sudden compared to the, the 117 that was on when it was on YouTube. I'm like, oh, well, this is the way to go, I'm telling you. 
Yeah, that's, I think that really tells us about the society we're in, right? The, the, the simpler we can make it, the yeah. better it's going to be. You know, just keep it right there. Keep it confined and, and, the, and the people will watch. But uh, ask them to get out of their lane for a few minutes and, you know, <laughs> you, know it's, it yeah. doesn't always, uh, you don't always get the clicks and the views and the things like that that you might expect. But I do. I mean, I, I look at you. you got a great uh, channel, too. I, I really love the, you posting all the old WHL stuff and the, the minor league stuff. That, that was a great niche for you to jump into and, and really take that over. Uh, so credit to you, my man. You're, uh, you're on well, the front lines. Well, thank you, but I was going to say, well, speaking of footage, I know you were always an OHL guy, and but you're also sort of uh, inf- famous or infamous for the the uh, Traverse City tournaments that you would uh, sneak the old camcorder into, and uh, I'd love to get some stories from that because, I mean, you you filmed, there was a lot of good shit, man, back in the day. You got some good stuff. Yeah, that that was just a situation that I don't even remember. Like the first year I went, I think it was about 99, 1999. And I didn't get as much, obviously, because you never know what to expect. And even camcorders were a little clunky then. So, you know, it was it was just something I, I wanted to go to. And I figured, heck, well, like especially if you look at the rosters that they used to have back then. I mean, uh, you know, you had three, four, five tough guys showing up, being invited as free agents and yep. looking to get signed by ECHL teams or AHL teams. You know, they're free agents or draft picks, it, you know, but it was a nice collection, maybe five, six teams, I think. And like I said, each team always had a couple guys, two, three, four, that, you know, were looking to get signed. And, and that list is, is kind of crazy. I, I did a little video for one of those DVDs I put together, and I listed all the players that came through that tournament up to that point. And uh, like I said, some of the names, I mean, it's just, it's a who's who a little bit of, of, of fighters. I mean, Brian McGratton, and we saw Derek Bogart up there. And Derek Bogart was one of the best ones because I'm sure you've seen the footage where he yeah. missed a check and just put himself right through the glass and shattered it. And I mean, that, that made the ESPN uh, top 10 shattering moments, I think, back around, you know, that time, probably 2002. I don't even remember. Um, but I just remember that was on ESPN they, and I thought, Oh my gosh, we've made it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I remember, I can remember cause that was always a big deal was the, uh, you know, in the, in the old fight hobby. And there's another thing, the fried chicken hockey fight site. That's where I, you know, air quotes met you was on that site yep. and we got talking and trading and whatever. And that was always a big thing every year. Um, people would put the preseason tape together. And of course, I mean, you were, or you put it together and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, yep. But you would collect it from all different, like some, so if some people were like down in Florida or whatever, and they got the Tampa yeah. stuff. And I mean, so everybody kind of was a kind of a collective came Absolutely. together. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. And it would come together and, uh, yeah. yeah, I put it together definitely, but man, I, I, I would, I think I, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 guys would, would end up contributing yep. to that, you know, and it didn't matter if somebody got a news clip, a five second news clip of something that we never would have seen. I was like, yeah, send it, man. Don't, you know, whatever you got, I don't really care. We just want to, we want to get as much footage as possible, whether it's news clips, camcorder footage, or, yeah. you know, an actual NHL game. I mean, uh, that was the whole idea. And, I did that from 99 till about uh, 2004, I think. And that, that was about the time I, I kind of hung up uh, recording everything. And, and then I traded for some, some stuff, some footage around that time. And then, you know, with the way the NHL went and the way, you know, fighting went with the Dodo Bird, it just, at that point I was out. And I figured, you know, the places like HockeyFights.com and 
some of those guys now they can they they get the streams and, and the fights and they post them and so I got other things going on so it, it was no big deal but uh, the 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 flame rekindled though a, a little while ago and I just uh, I started collecting footage again and making some trades with some some guys and uh, and inquiring good footage I mean. That was the thing too, right? You'd get like that fourth generation tape yeah. from somebody and, and it, it looked like garbage. And then you find a source that has it, you know, who got it right from the source. And it's like, holy, it's like night and day when you, when you get that footage. Uh, I was looking at stuff last weekend and it's like, this looks like it was recorded yesterday, uh, you know, 1080p high def and yep. it's, you know, 30, 40 years old. So yep. it's kind of crazy how time flies and, and everything but uh yeah that traverse city was always a favorite i I went up there i knew a couple guys too who i'd met on fried chicken from the grand rapids area so we the three of us would typically uh meet up there and, and hang out for the week and and sometimes they would shoot something that i missed you know there's two ranks two games going on at the, basically the same time so you're just constantly kind of running back and forth in the hallway you know when this period starts or that one ends and just just trying to get as much as possible yeah, well, and that's the thing, and it's and it's funny when you go back and because at the time when you're in the moment, you know, you don't you didn't realize it at the time, right? But then when you go back years later and you look and you look at the footage, I mean, yeah, like you said, you have a Brian Brian McGratton trying out for the Detroit Red Wings, or you know, or like the guy the the, the dudes that wrote in New Jersey filming the you know Scott Parker when he was with yeah. the, when he was with the Devils. And stuff like none of that would be possible without dudes sneaking camcorders in, right? I mean, <laughs> it sounds so funny. Well, and that's the thing. Everybody just, oh, it's on YouTube, so you know, oh, everyone sees it. Well, yeah, but it wasn't like that. I mean, it was like if it wasn't for guys like you going in there, it was like, yeah, none of this stuff would be seen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not alone. Definitely, I'm not trying to sit here and take any credit for anything. No, no, you're no. absolutely right. That that jersey, that Devils footage with uh, with, with Parker's first pro uh, camp, and you know that, those are the ones that stick out. I know a guy that did a lot of the Philly uh, flyer stuff, and 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 then the Phantoms, like the AHL games too. I I wish I could remember some of the guys who used to do that. Uh, sadly, my memory is worse than it ever was, but. Uh, you know, those guys all contributed and, and got great stuff like some, you know, Jesse Buller stuff and Steve McLaren and, you know, just, just stuff that, like you say, it never, you never would have seen it. And, and it's absolutely probably was taken for granted at the time. And, and now you realize like, wow, it, you know, and that's all I really was looking to do. I was looking to contribute one way or another just to try to get some footage that nobody had so I could, you know, trade with people to acquire footage as well that was maybe equally as rare or deemed rare. You know, I, I know we're using words that probably a lot of people that may not be into the hobby don't even really understand. But uh, again, you know, like my like my Twitter feed, I was looking to entertain maybe 10, 15 people who kind of had the same mindset as me. So that's that's how my thought remains. I don't try to, you know, pretend I'm anything other than that. Yeah, well, and that's the same. Well, that's I've you know I've I've often said that about this podcast. I said sometimes you sit here and you turn the mic on and kind of talk into the abyss, and you're kind of like I don't know, does anybody actually listen to this? But you know, but then when you get the feedback from people, and you know, and you, and, you know, especially well, feedback from anybody's great. But then you know, and then and every once in a while, like a player will kind of give you the feedback, and it's like yeah, like the other day I got a private message from Pete Vandermeer. Hey Darren, love your show. I've listened to every episode. Keep up the good work. And it's like, well, there you go. Like if, if you start getting, you know, like I said, when the when the you kind of get um, 
you know, the, the approval of, a, of the players, it's like, okay, well, I'm on the right track anyway, you know, so, you know, that, that's always nice to hear. But yeah, like you said, the, I just sort of did it to, like, I knew there'd be kind of, there'd be at least a couple diehards that would listen to my shit. So it was like, all right, well, as long as they think it's cool, I mean, you know, hey, and if I could, uh, you know, trick a few people into coming on and talking for a little while, I said, well, this might work out. So, you know. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's the really cool thing too. Right. Like I didn't, I, I, I still don't try to, I try not to reach out to players, things like that. I, I, I respect their, their personal stuff, but I, just some of them are, they're awesome. The way they interact or like you say, you know, they'll, they'll private message you and just give you a little boost of confidence in what you're doing and appreciate what you're doing. And it's funny you mentioned Pete Vandermeer. I, I actually went to, it was Lan- I live in Michigan, by the way, just FYI, but I went up to Lansing uh, one weekend or one night, I should say it wasn't even a weekend. They, there was uh, Grand Rapids Griffins versus, uh, I think it was the Cleveland, uh, I think they were the Barons maybe at the time, uh, preseason game was held there. So, of course, I packed up the camcorder and headed up there, and sure enough, Pete Vandermeer's in the lineup. So, you know, I think he fought twice in that game, and uh, which, of course, made it worth it to me. I used to, I used to compare it to, like, fishing, right? Like, you'd go out fishing, and, you know, a good day, you might get five, six fish or whatever in a couple hours' time. And, you know, I used to think that was the same thing. I'd go up to a game, and, boy, if I could get two, three fights on a – out of a game, I thought that's a successful day. Yep. You know, there at the rink, just like you know, you, you look at it like fishing. Like some days you catch something, other days you don't. But I, I think I, I caught a lot of fish. I guess I, I'll yes, say it did. that way. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, oh, and I can remember like when the pre because then it became like okay, the preseason tape's coming out. Okay, son of a bitch, I got to get in on this. So, and like I said, that tape just wasn't given out. You know, it wasn't just everyone was getting copies. I mean, eventually it did, but at the start, it was like you know, kind of the people that contributed, and that was it. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I got to find something here. So I was just scrambling, and I think I came up with the, I think the one year it was uh, from our news. I believe it was the Ty Domi Jim Agnew fight when they came out of the penalty boxes. That was in Saskatoon, and that was like. And I ended up, I recorded it off the news, and I think I sent it to you. Well, I had to have sent it to you, I guess. And then that's how I got my first copy of the of the famous preseason tape, and I was so excited when I got that. Yeah. 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 That, that was, you're absolutely right, too. It was sort of like, you know, if you contribute, boom, you're going to get a copy as soon as it's done. And, you know, after that, of course, it probably got traded out a bazillion times and all over the world, but, you know, the world, listen to me. But you know, yeah, exactly. I, you reward the people that put in the effort. That was yeah. that was how I looked at it. No, but you're right. It was the world, and I laughed even the other day. I think I said it on my one of my last episodes. I was sitting there. Yeah, like I said, rekind. I'm kind of trying. I'm kind of getting back into the hobby. I've been trading with a few people, and you know, I mean, yeah, I'm trading for like 1994 Fredericton Canadian stuff. But hey, it's new to me, right? Hey, so. yeah, those those are great tapes. I love those. They had a lot of bruisers on those Fredericton teams, oh. man. Those are some of my favorites. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm trading, but when one of the trades, here I am trading with some guy in friggin' uh, Czech or uh, the Czech Republic, and he sends me the Tri City Americans '93 to '96 footage. I'm like, here I'm, cha- I'm trading with a guy in Russia for dub footage. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I thought I would kind of get it from like Napes or something, but you know, or someone at least <laughs> over in Canada. But no, here I am getting it from a guy in Russia, which just kind of cracked me up. Just. uh well, now speaking of the podcast, that was the other bizarre thing. Like I said, when you actually get like people from Russia or you know the Ukraine or, or even the UK or whatever, tell, oh yeah, I listen to your show. It's it's really good. It's like you just sort of like here I am sitting in the back room of my condo in Saskatoon, and I got somebody in like Nottingham 
listening to me. It's just, it just seems so like to kind of wrap your head around it just seems so bizarre. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point that it's again, back to it's the age we live in, man, you, you, yeah. you get a format or the ability to communicate with people all around the world that have similar interests. So that's been definitely a, a positive with, uh, with social media and, and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, that like, I, I, I think I traded with a guy from uh Czech Republic as well recently, just, uh, for a few discs here or there. I, yeah. I forget what I was looking for, but so I, I totally get it. But, yeah. uh, was it, yeah. Zolt, was it Zoltan? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it that's was. my boy. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I feel bad. <laughs> Zoltan, I know you're listening because he listens to every episode. I'm really trying to send your stuff, man, but Canada Post does not mail to the Czech Republic right now. They're not doing it. Well, I said to the guy, oh. but he sent me mine. I got it. And he's like, oh, well, you're accepted, but not sending out, I guess. I'm like, really? Come on, guys. You know, <laughs> I'm not holding out on you. Believe me, I've been there three times asking. You know, I'll get you your stuff. Yeah. Zoltan, I'll get yeah. you your stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's always an adventure, the mail, right? That's uh, the one hindrance, man. If we could trade in real time, it would be a whole, a really a different world. We tried that a little bit with the downloading files and stuff, but... Oh man, it, that can be that can be time consuming, and it's so much easier just to rip a disc and throw it in the mail sometimes. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, well, then, but to to kind of circle all the way back, but it was funny going back to I guess it would have been ninety seven. When did you get on fried chicken? Would have been about ninety. Yeah, that that's probably close. Yeah, uh, ninety six, ninety seven. I, I think that was. That's pretty accurate. I know, and it existed before that. I, I wasn't even, you know, an original member, if you will. I think a lot of those guys had moved over from a different site. Um, and by the time I found Fried Chicken, it, you remember it was like that full running forum. Yep. There wasn't even, yep. you know, different uh, topics or whatever. It was just, you know, everybody jumps into the the, the river and, and away we go. Yeah, uh, I can, yeah, exactly. And I can. And then they kind of became a little more, you know. Then they had the sections and stuff. And I can remember getting on there. Yeah, like you said, late nineties. And it's like, I just couldn't believe there was other. I'm like, there's other crazies besides me that actually collect <laughs> hockey fights. Like it was so bizarre to me. I mean, I knew guys yeah. sold tapes because I mean that's how I bought some. But it's like, I don't know for some reason it just didn't. I don't know. It just seemed so bizarre. And but yeah, when that when I first got on there and. You know, I I think I had about seven or eight, you know, fourth generation hockey fight tapes, but I thought I just had the King's collection, right? Because none of my friends had any of this stuff. I had everything, right? All of a sudden, yeah. I get on fried chicken, start, you know, and back then people used to make their own lists and stuff, and oh, the guy would send you his list, it'd be about 300 tapes. It's like, okay, well, I don't have anything, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. I think I had probably maybe I don't know, probably five, six up to that point. I think I got my first two around eighty eight, maybe. I like you, I just stumbled upon a, a hockey news, I think, from one of my neighbors who who was actually a equipment manager for uh one of the college teams and eventually for the Rangers and, and then and then the Adirondack Red Wings. But anyway, so he had the hockey news all the time and I was just kinda of thumbing through it, you know, and get to the back section right the classifieds and there's about you know 10 listings for for hockey fight tapes for something yeah. like hockey fight tapes that sounds like me so <laughs> i ordered a few of those they were expensive as can be and i think i had four around that time and then a little bit later i, I ran into that uh the fist of fury collection guy and yep. i think i got a few more from him and 
including the the infamous Bruise Brothers tape, right? That was one of the uh, the first ones I had to have. And, you know, after that, it was quite a stalemate for a while until, like you said, then I when I got on Fried Chicken and met the, you know, the other collectors and crazies out there. And and you're right, it didn't matter what it looked like at the time. It was just like, okay, sweet, I'm going to I'm going to double my collection here in about a week. And then next thing you know, I'm I think I'm, I don't even know what I'm sitting on now. Probably well over a thousand, I would imagine, DVDs of different yeah. tapes or fight yeah. DVDs. And I really got into the game collection too, though. I, I started stumbling upon that, and, and I think I have another thousand or two of those as well. Because when I started putting my, you know, I wanted to make player tapes a little more, a little different than that. What they just fight after fight after fight after fight. I thought, you know, especially Probert. Obviously, Bob Probert was my my favorite guy, like a lot of people. But uh, that was the thing I noticed, right? It was just, you know, fight after fight. And I know that's, a, that's obviously what we collect, what we kind of get into. But, you know, here was a guy that was like, man, I, I, I want his gold. I want, you know, those, those misconducts or, you know, those things that just weren't showing up in places. And so I kind of thought, well, I need to go back to the beginning then. I need to find the original game of that, where the, wherever the fight came from. And then, of course, then I can pull goals and, and, and all the interviews and all that other stuff. So I... That was my big plan when I got started. It was all about putting together a Bob Probert collection that was as complete as could be. And the funny thing is, here I am, I don't know what, 20 years later, and I'm still finding snippets out there of this or that that I think, oh, man, I got to include that. So I just revamped all those discs now to, uh, uh, just, well, what do you what do they call it when they redo a disc or whatever? I don't know what the word I'm looking for. So maybe cut this out there <laughs> no I, I no you're, you're you're good i know what you're saying well basically you just updated yeah, yeah. or whatever the re the remaster you know there you go remastered yeah. thank you that's well, exactly the yeah word and it's the, the immaculate collection and uh how, how many discs is it <laughs> well i uh oof. so i've got there's like eight volumes of just uh, the fights, right, between uh, Detroit or, you know, the OHL. There's a handful of those, a handful of AHL fights, and then, you know, pretty much all of his NHL fights right up through till he retired. And then I've got, I think there's like what I call the bonus DVDs, right? And so I've got about five or six of those that as many goals and just stuff that, you know, doesn't necessarily classify as a fight, but it's a great little exchange maybe between, like, you know, you know, they're all out there. I don't know, like the Probert Cordic. You know, they technically never fought, but you know, there, there they are, kind of nose to nose. If you can picture that scene between those two guys, and yep. you know, I thought, well, that that needs to be on something. You know, right? It's, uh, I'm sure people had seen it, but it just didn't show up on the the back to back fights. You know, the one after the other stuff. It was just that's what I was. I was just the deep dives, right? Those uh, the deep cuts, I think they call them on CDs and yeah. stuff and music. And, and that's what I was really trying to acquire. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And then, like the different interview, like the grapevine show when he was on and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah like that. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing with Probert. It's always, oh man, it's just, you just think of all that junior footage that's not out there and just uh, like, man. Cause yeah. I mean, how many yeah. junior fights are there? Like four? <laughs> oh, I, Four, yeah, yeah. Two with Ken Baumgartner from the Memorial Cup, exactly. right? There's, there's two, yeah, and, then and the I one, think there's one with uh, Bruce Shoebottom, and then Brad Delgarno, and uh, the, yep, the brawl with Brad Delgarno, and maybe, and there's a clip of. Remember, it had the old the the Cheech and Chong uh, uh, voiceover going on, like the 
the ads for a Cheech and Chong movie. I think he's fighting uh, Ed Kastelik, maybe. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's that's it right there. Those those four or five, whatever we just mentioned, yeah. and then I think there's maybe ten or eleven uh, AHL fights, and that's yeah, that's really it. But uh, that'd be uh, yeah. If you could go back in time, right? There's uh, there's some things you'd. <laughs> he'd probably prepare for right yeah it's always like the, the the holy grail right i mean you always sort of hold out hope that maybe somewhere somewhere somebody at sault st marie has game tape somewhere that they're sitting on i don't know but uh yeah we can always hold out but uh yeah i know that uh yeah i know you're i've, I've heard about your uh I've always been meaning to. I figure we got to work something out. I got to get that damn immaculate collection from you, but uh, yeah, we'll get it now because I, like I said, I I think I've upgraded the footage on on most of. I trade with our buddy in Kenora, man, and uh-huh. you know he's just got some quality footage from the eighties and and nineties, and so I went through and I revamped all those, inserted you know if it was better footage, and which it mostly was, which was great. I was it was so elated just to find it because. You know, what I had before was, like, the original collection was just VHS dumped over to Super VHS to master it. And, you know, a lot of that footage was pretty rough to begin with. But, like I said, as, as you go out, you, you start finding stuff and trading with guys and get upgrading the footage. And, and now it's it's uh, it's pretty solid, man. A lot of the, even the, the really crappy stuff that was on there is just uh, upgraded tenfold. So I'm, I'm excited to wrap that up pretty quick. I, I know I've already committed a set to a couple guys and you know so yeah get in line buddy i'll send you i'll send you the, the set excellent well seeing as this is the bob proward invitational and that's what the tournament is all about and it's named after him and hey folks, that's that, a segue darren you're really learning man oh hey there you go see you know and uh yeah well exactly and it's uh you know and and for folks listening he's not in the tournament because he'd win that's why I didn't put him in it. I have to answer that question 17 times every year because people are yeah. yelling at me on Twitter. And I'm getting all right. <laughs> now when I'm going to put the bracket out here in the next couple of days, so I'll, I'll let everyone get it out so they can yell at me who's not in it. I like, thank you for pointing that out. You know, yes, I know. <laughs> and, then, and then we can move on with things. People just can't be happy with anything. But... Um, before we get a well, everybody's got a better idea, right there, and everybody's got a better way to do something, exactly. but they never do it. Exactly, exactly. And when <laughs> I asked people who would you like in it, you never said anything. So you're, you're getting <laughs> you're getting what you're getting. But um, that's right. I was going to say when you look at these sixty four guys, like I always tell everybody, okay, but who would you take out? Like it's not like I mean, really, we're trading the Porsche for the Ferrari here. Like, come on, calm down. You know. So yeah. Well, you I remember know. probably the first one, you know, we're, we're, we we probably, you know, messaged each other 30 times just, uh, hey, who, who, who for this? And I'll, I'll give you a list of 10 guys and you'll be like, all right, well, nine of them are in it, but I like this other guy. And then you'll, be, you'll send me a name. What about this guy for that guy? I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> you put some thought into it, dude. I'll give you credit, man. Anybody just thinks you're pulling names out of a hat. I don't know if that's, a, that's an accurate description. No, no, I definitely, it's you and Steve. I, I, can, I, I ask, you are my two sounding boards because it's like, all right. And it's just like, I, I have a pretty good idea, but it's like, I'll, I'll ask your guys' opinion. And it's like, yeah, other than that, it's like, I, I want to make... You know, and unfortunately with this tournament, um, like it's everything on Twitter, of course you and I are at the, uh, we're at the low end of the, uh, demographics of Twitter. I can tell you that age wise, um, we're definitely in the minority, um, 
it is definitely a young person's game. Even proven to me yesterday when the St. Louis Blues tweeted out, which one would you rather have, Chase, Twist, or Reeves? And Reeves was overwhelmingly winning. So it was like... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, see... And which is, I hey, I have nothing against Reeves. He's fine. But it's like, uh-huh. you know... And I mean, like I said, maybe if they fought, whatever. That's... But really, you know, it's kind of... I can kind of tell just by the... Uh, by the results of that poll, the age the age uh, of who is all voting. So, unfortunately, with this tournament, um, I'd like to throw in more like a Mel Bridgman and guys like that. And I do now and again, and I do have some older guys in this. But, you know, or Bo- I do have gas. I was going to say gas off, but I actually have them in this. But, unfortunately, you know, um, with limited footage and uh, young people just really not knowing who these people are to begin with, it's like, yeah, most of these guys get, they're just like fodder and they get bounced out in the first round, which is, I think, happened to Ben Wilson the first three tournaments. And I thought Steve was going to have an aneurysm, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, but it's yeah. true because it's like, you know, if like, if anybody should be, if not winning it, almost winning it, it should be Ben Wilson. But unfortunately, in this age and with the people, majority of people the age voting, it's like, well, they just really don't know who he is. But um, anyway, yeah, that's a good point. And if if the time machine were ever available, I'd love to to, to travel to St. Louis and, and pick up his uh, few you know few years that he played there before he passed away because. Uh, He's one of, that's one of those guys for me, kind of the, the, the ghosts, you know, that we just don't have the footage of, but it was like, man, I would, I would love to have seen more of this guy, you know, yeah. he definitely, well, uh, he qualifies for me. Yeah, no, and I'm right with you. Yeah. Cause you hear the stories and, you know, and then, and it, I mean, you know, in history's revisionist, of course, and it's, you know, so it's like, cause everybody, oh, you know, he was as good as Probert. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Stories well, are exaggerated and yeah. that's, that's pretty common. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. He's your guy, or he's your blues guy, or whatever. Like I said, time tends to, you know, you think you remember things the way you do. I always used to laugh on fried chicken when you get the old guy. And it was cool because you'd get older people from different generations. And so you'd hear the guy that was at MSG when Fatio was fighting, or he was at the WHA games when, you know, blah, blah, blah. You'd get all the different stories. But I'd also noticed the guy that always said Fatio won every fight had a New York Ranger avatar. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah the, the old Homer title, right? That yeah. was thrown around a lot at, on Fried Chicken. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. There were a lot of good older posters, even on that Drop Your Gloves site later. I mean, there's a guy, I think it went by the hammer, and I'm telling you, that dude was a wealth of knowledge. I don't know if he's on Twitter or where he's at today, but that was one of those guys that was like, you know, I'd race to read his stuff because he seemed to have a handle on the, uh, the older, the older fighters and stuff like that. Yeah, no, and exactly. And so like when you start, and like I said, going back to going to fried, I'm all, we're all over the place here, but that's all right. Whatever. It's my show. But, uh, (laughs) going back to fried chicken, it was just like, yeah, I mean, you get on there and you start reading. And like I said, Yo, I had a I had a few of the bad boys books and some tough guy magazines. So I, I mean, I knew everything, right? Of course I did. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. on get on fried chick. You start reading. It's like, oh shit, I don't know nothing. Like I don't even know who this. <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is that they're talking about. You know. You know? That's right. Well, yeah, yeah. And that was the thing. And like, and like I said, for the younger people listening now, that I mean, you can see everything you want to see now. I want to see a guy. Oh, I can go to YouTube and there. Oh, there's all his fights, or there, you know, whatever. Hell, if I even want to watch the games, just buy the package. You know, you can see everything. Well, back when growing up, and then especially even when we got on fried chicken, 
you know, somebody would be talking about, like, oh, this guy's the baddest dude in the OHL. It's like, okay. Nobody's, like, out here, out west. I've never seen him. Like, you know, so yeah. you you never see it unless you traded for footage. And that yeah. was it. That was the only way you were going to see these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We have the names. That's how I was, too. It's so funny because you'd... The hockey news again. I, you know, after I saw it at my buddies or whatever, I, I I subscribed to it, and I I ended up getting many years after that. And uh, yeah, that was the first thing you looked at, right? You went in to check all the the standings, or I mean, the stats, and who's the high pim guy? Okay, who's this guy? Let's find out more about him, or you know, with with the limited resources we had. But uh, you know, I felt the same way, kind of about the WHL. You know, you'd hear these stories about so and so or this guy or that guy and it's okay you look him up find his pims and like awesome and then you might see he even gets drafted because those guys were you know still being touted and drafted in those days so they'd show up all the time i took a couple of my bigger ones i i'm still probably one of the a big carrie toporowski fan and and even his footage is you know it's out there it's it's, but it's so it's kind of limited too you know there's some holes in, in in his footage but uh he was one guy, obviously, just because of the big pims. I always, I always thought he would be a pretty cool guy to follow, and you know, I, I think he was actually he was probably one of my, the first guys I really uh, got into from the WHL, anyways, without knowing very much about. Yeah, well, and that's funny. Like even being in Saskatoon, of course, in the WHL with the Blades and kind of being immersed in it. You know, we used to go all the Blades games and whatever. Even with Topper out in Spokane, never saw him. Like, they only came once a year, right? So it was like, yep. you'd hear about this mythical 505 penalty minutes and whatever, and it's like, <laughs> i got to see this crazy dude, right? So, you know, and uh, and I will hear, I have heard, I'm going to, well, this isn't a rumor, this has been confirmed. I was talking to Josh Mazer one night, and of course, Josh Mazer played for the Spokane Chiefs back in the day, and wow. he got to know Toporowski in Spokane, and Topper gave him his fight tape. Way oh, back when, and he had, now, he had Come all now. his Spokane fights were on this <laughs> tape, and Mazer watched it, and Mazer said, yeah, he didn't, he goes, I remember watching that tape, and he goes, he didn't lose many on that tape, I can tell you that. So, of course, my next question to Josh was, please tell me you still have that tape, which, of course, he does not, and I'm like, oh, but... I've talked to Topper a couple times on Twitter. I've talked about even getting him on this show. I don't have the. I haven't had the. I haven't worked up the nerve yet to ask him if he still has this footage. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. I, I I hope I hope he does it. I I, I think that would be a good uh, that'd be a good guest right there. I'd definitely tune in for that one. Yeah, and it's like like you said, it's one of those kind of mythical guys, right? He was always the, the crazy Western Hockey League guy and whatever. But um, but I like I said, before, so, yeah, well that. No, 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 I was just going to say that's a great point, too. They're, they're mythical. And then I remember the very first, I think the very first time I saw Topper live, man, my parents had the 10-foot dish, right? You remember those, the big ones, the monstrosities that sat out in the yard, right? Yeah. And they, we got that around 85 or so, 86. And, I, and of course, I never thought to record anything up until probably around, you know, the early 90s. I started figuring out, like, oh, geez, I can record this stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is how they do it, you know? And uh, I'll tell you what, man, one of the first games I saw was, uh, and I think it was the first live footage I ever saw Topper was that game against Atlanta, or yeah, against Atlanta, where, you know, he just goes nuts after, I think Greg Spenrath gets knocked out by uh, Chris LaPuma, and that just sort of set off a chain of events, and, and Topper, you know, fought, you know, somebody, and then he gets up off the pile, and he goes and he jumps Jason Ruff, and they have a go, and next thing you know, he's skating down the length of the ice to find somebody else, and I'm thinking... 
okay, the rumors are true. You know, the, <laughs> the stories are real. This, uh, this guy's, uh, he's an interesting watch, man. So, you know, that, that sort of, that secured the whole thing right there. Just seeing that one game and thinking, okay, yeah, no, that's not uh, bullshit. This guy, this guy's legit. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly, and it was, yeah, Old Topper, yeah, it's, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, hopefully I can track him down and get him on the show, and I'm throw. I'm going to ask him, yeah, I was going to say, I'm thinking, well, he's got a bunch of kids that play hockey, and oh, one of them's still playing, I mean, pretty high-end prospect, I think, but yeah. uh, yep. I was going to say, well, hopefully the kids were like, oh, here, Dad, I'll, I'll put your old footage on DVD for you, you know, I'm hoping that's what happened, so maybe I can get him to burn me a copy or something, because, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still holding out hope because I really want to see that the old. Anytime I can find old Western Hockey League footage, it's always uh, old footage yeah. of anything. Really, is just uh, you know, it's it's like finding gold. So it's like Christmas. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I wasn't sure if I saw. I think you just posted a, a Link Gates fight uh, that ah. I, I'm not sure I had seen. Um, it's hard to recall because I've seen so many, but I, I think you think you listed it as maybe his. Uh, I don't know, his first WHL fight, maybe? Was that what you... Oh, I, I see. I thought, the right one? I see. I thought you were setting the, the softball up for me. We were going to talk about the infamous twist Gates footage that I finally tracked down oh. from the IHL. <laughs> uh, but, well, that was like Christmas, too, getting that. But, um, no, you got me thinking. What the hell? Oh, the fight with Fakoda. That one? Yeah, Nick Fakoda. Yes, that's yes. the one. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Gates, that was his rookie year in New West. Yeah, he fights... Uh, Fights old uh, Mick Fakota, the veteran there in Spokane, and uh, yeah, that was uh, an interesting little tilt. And uh, and that, yeah, like you said, that was the real cool thing with Twitter is to be able to put that up and to have actually Mick Fakota comment on it was always uh, <laughs> was pretty cool. So yeah, Mick's a good follow too. He participates. A lot of those guys. I'm surprised Tim Hunter. He's 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 kind of involved. He'll comment on stuff, yep. and I, I, that's just awesome. I love those guys, man. They're, you know they. They participate. They're not above this or that. They don't think they're, you know, untouchable, great. You know, they, they're, as, as I've always thought and I've always seen, they're the, probably the most down-to-earth guys on the planet. So yep. in pro sports anyways. Yeah, well, and that's been like the real fun thing with the with the, with the the Twitter tournament over the years is, uh, is to actually have the guys that are in the tournament, like, like Jim McKenzie or Darren Kimball or you know, Reed Lowe or whoever comment and Parker and them and – you know, so that's always really cool when you could, you know, and then you get their feedback about something or whatever. I mean, yeah, um, I know the one year I felt terrible because I think every guy that followed my account got shit canned in the first round. That was a little <laughs> awkward. Yeah, and, Kim, and Kimball kept commenting every round. I feel sorry for whoever draws Wendell because I think Wendell <laughs> beat about ninety-five to five percent, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of fan favoritism going on there. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. but it's still fun, and and you're absolutely right. When those guys comment or throw stuff out there, I, that that just makes it even better. No, absolutely. And uh, well, like you said, you're you're in Michigan, and you're obviously a Probert guy, and everything else. Did you ever have a chance to meet him? I no, I never did. I, oh. I autograph line, you know. But that's yeah. I, you know, I never consider that meeting anyone. I mean, yeah. You know, but it's still nice just to have been in the presence, maybe. It's like with Coaster, you know, it's the same thing. I never had opportunities to, to sit down or talk. And uh, You know what's funny, though? The one guy I did have an interaction with was Dave Brown, of all people. And, of course, that was at Traverse City. Uh, he was scouting for the Rangers, I think, at the time. 
And, uh, you know, he was just standing there by himself. I don't know if people probably don't even, like you say, the young people don't know who he is. They don't, may not recognize him if they, because again, you know, he was out of hockey for, you know, probably 10 years at least, you know, by the, by the time I saw him. So, yeah. you know, obviously the other scouts and former players, coaches, they, they all knew him, but, uh, you know, just stand there alone with a, with a clipboard and a pen and, I'm like, shoot, I'm going to sidle right up next to this guy and see if I can pick his brain a little bit. So, and, but it's funny, you know, we never even talked about fighting for the most part. I mean, a little bit here, there, but he was more interested in the fishing up in that area and, you know, just things like that. And that's, yeah. like I said, it just kind of solidifies that, you know, they're just down to earth guys. And if you just treat them with respect, you, you'd be surprised you can get normal conversations out of them. He was one of the best. Uh, the blue scouts were always cool. It seems like they always sat in front of us and, Got to talk to a lot of those guys, and uh, we stood. I remember Shane Churlow one time stood next to him for a game up there, and you know it's it's like you just forget after a while that you're just a fan. He's a player because they'll just start asking you things, or yeah. you know you'll just you'll look at each other after a fight or something, and you know it's kind of like oh yeah that was a good one, or you know so uh, that was always my favorite part of, of going up there. Quite frankly, they they changed that venue around though, and they they ended up sticking the scouts over on the end and kind of isolating them. And, you know, I guess I understand that a little bit because there's a lot of autograph hounds running around. And, but, uh, you know, like myself and the, the two guys that we, that I met up there would go with, it was just so different. Like we, we were beyond that sort of fandom and it was more about just, uh, you know, just sort of mixing in and, and, and not trying to bug them at all because that's how you you would earn their trust and then after a few minutes of them realizing that you're not there just to get their autograph or a picture or whatever yeah. they they would open up and and it, you could easily have a convert another one was uh leon stickle i think i've tweeted that before or at least mentioned the story about talking to him like between a game so it was like a half hour of just sitting with leon talking about some of the crazy shit he saw because he was a linesman forever. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you look up old seventies footage and Leon is a linesman. And then you look up a, you know, a fight from like 97 and there's Leon is still there breaking up fights, you know, it's yeah. kind of amazing. So those guys were Andy Van Helleman was the director of officiating one year and he was up there scouting the, uh, the referees. And there's another guy. I mean, he just, he sat next to us and he just, he would just talk to us throughout the game. And like I said, that to me, that was, that was better than anything almost. Uh, and it's the, the, the parts I remember the most, you know, from those tournaments. So I uh, always had a good time up there. Definitely. Oh, we saw guys, you know, it's like you'd go to Hooters after Al McKinnis at Hooters is another great story. You know, just going there after a game, like 1030 at night or whatever. And there's the scouts and the, you know, some of the, not the players, obviously the young guys, but like the old, the former players, I should say. And, the, the coaching staffs and things like that they're just they're just regular guys man they're just going to get a beer and a burger after the game and it's, oh yeah it's just fun to listen to them and, and and chime in once in a while and so that that's my uh that's my story and, and that's uh that was that's my favorite probably memories is just the the interaction with those guys and, yep yeah it's the yeah yeah it's the interaction that's the yeah exactly like even being around sas too you know you always run into guys and whatever and it was like uh yeah, like you said, I think, you know, you'd run into him, you'd, you'd be talking or whatever. And I think, yeah, like you said, for the first few minutes, I think they were almost surprised, like, you didn't ask him for something. It's right. like, you know, like, I remember, well, even, it was funny even when I ran into Morasti. Well, like, for the first, like, ten minutes and stuff, I, I we were talking about the forest fires up north and stuff, and the weather and whatever. I'm like, I didn't ask him about his fights or anything, and... 
Actually, I think he brought it up, actually. And then we started talking yeah. about it, whatever. But, yeah, no, it was always more about the interaction with the guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, they're as full of shit as anybody, right? So it's like, you know, <laughs> you know. But, um, no, that surprises I think they me. I that, sure. that, I guess oh, yeah, that's my for sure point. they do. I think they appreciate that when it's, uh, they're constantly, uh, and I'm sure they love to sign autographs and stuff. But, you know, when they're there to work, they're scouting or whatever, yeah. it's, it's a little bit different of an atmosphere, and that's why I say I, I know that like the last year I went, I noticed that they were revamping the arenas. They, it was growing, too. Like, you were getting more people to show up to these things. They were finally, you know, we, when we went up there, shoot, you know, you'd hear the sticks hit the ice, you know, or the, yeah. you know, the, the punches landing. You know, that's how empty those, those rinks were. But, uh, you know, by I think the last year I, I went, it was, it was just as crowded as could be. So it, uh, it grew, and that's a good thing. But uh, it kind of it kind of pushed us guys out of it a little bit, and uh, but that's okay. We had our moment. Yeah, no, and like I said, you got some great stuff, and uh, um, yeah, no, man. I mean, shit, I could sit here and talk to you about footage all friggin' day, but I mean, half the listeners are pro- actually I shouldn't say half the listeners. The majority of my listeners are like right with us right now, and I can guarantee they're probably looking over at their shelf, looking at one of your preseason tapes. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. Yeah, or a DVD at this point, I guess. But yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's sort of the crowd I play to. I think is, uh, is probably who's still listening at this point. But uh, you know, I, I guess I should probably talk about this tournament I've, I've created. Yeah, let's go, let's go. We've done enough reminiscing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll talk about a few things. Well, I was just kind of like, actually, it's funny. The very first guy on the list here, the very first matchups, Brad May versus Tim Hunter, but. I was going to say with Brad May, when we were going, we were talking about that damn footage, I always tell the story about when he played for Team Canada in the World Juniors. Again, so it's like the early, nine, what is it, 91? So we had obviously never seen Brad May play because he's an OHL guy. It's here in Saskatoon, and all we had was the write-ups of the team and their stats. Well, of course, Brad May, all I had to see was 309 penalty minutes, and I, well, son of a bitch, here's my favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, he, uh, I mean, you, well, you've seen his Niagara Falls stuff and the, and the OHL stuff. And I mean, may put the hurt on dudes, man. Yeah, he did. He was a guy I kind of had to go back and, and revisit. Uh, you know, like you say, there was some Niagara Falls footage out there available and obviously from the NHL, but you know, he was just a never a guy. I, I didn't really follow that closely. You know, I you heard about him and knew he was tough as could be and whatever, but, uh, maybe playing in the East, you know, and, and strictly pretty much watching Red Wing games. I didn't see as much of them except on the fight tapes. But, uh, you know, he's just one of them guys I didn't really think too much about. But what's funny is the, the more – he's just one of those guys for me. Going back, I think, wow, Brad May was he – was, he was tough as can be and, and, and a guy now that I really like and another guy that's on Twitter and he'll interact. And, yep. you know, so I, I'm a big Brad May. Even came to Detroit for, I think, the end of his uh, career, maybe played a part of a season in Detroit. So – Yep, you know, yep. nothing but uh, respect. And he wore 24, and he's about the only guy I, I allowed to do that. Uh, I, I still don't, you know, accept Chris Chelios wearing 24. That's a sore spot. But, uh, you know, I'll get over it. Yeah, oh, exa- uh, you and me both. Yeah, that was uh, – <laughs> and I've got Chelios. I'm like, uh, I don't – I get he's a legend and everything else. Apparently a good dude, but I freaking hated Chris Chelios. I never liked that guy. I was just like, ah, oh, you know, but uh, – Apparently, he's supposed to be a good dude. So, but yeah, uh, I'm sure he is. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but May, man, you just think about those old Sabres teams, man. May, Ray, Barnaby, Donnelly, Bugner. Like, that's that's insane to think they're all on the same team. 
Yeah, that definitely. That was a solid lineup, boy. That was not, you know, can't miss hockey. Like, like especially like the late '90s. Like, remember Chicago? Like around '98, '99, they had that team with like five or six dudes on it that yeah. were all pretty well legit, you know. And you'd see, okay, Buffalo, Chicago. I'm tuning into that one tonight because you know you knew you were going to get some action. <laughs> and that, oh, and that's, yeah. what the, that's what I looked for, right? Like, which game am I going to watch? I, you know, back when I actually bought the center ice package and recorded games. Again, now we're talking back about '97, but. uh but yeah, man, I look for those matchups all the time. Like, okay, who we got? Rangers and this team. Oh yeah, that's going to be a solid game. So that's that was a lot of my viewing was based on what you know what game's going to be the most physical. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, like in you know the next matchup we get Simon and Chase, and it's like uh, there's another like Chris Simon, you know, late late uh, or early '90s OHL guy, um, and yeah. we we heard the stories of him. When well, I was going to ask you. You were kind of an OHL guy. When did you kind of get into the OHL? Well, so I went to my first OHL. I lived in the Sioux for a while, up Sioux Saint Marie, Michigan. Okay, which is you know basically right across the river from yeah. Sioux, Ontario. So the Sioux of Michigan had has the LSSU Lakers college team, right? And then of course Sioux Saint Marie, Ontario had the Sioux Greyhounds. So. I was always drawn to the Greyhounds because, again, going back and, and just looking at PIMS and realizing that this was a league that, you know, they fought, you know, versus college hockey, you know, you rarely, if ever, saw a fight. So that just that immediately piqued my interest there. And I, I went to my first game, I think it was about 87 or 88. Uh, and I remember there's a, there's a guy on Twitter now, I'm going to forget his name. His first name is Chris, but yep. I bumped into him, and this guy's like the, the encyclopedia of Sioux Greyhound hockey and uh, he's always posting articles and, and pictures and stuff. But anyways, long story short, like like Sue had like Wayne Muir and Bob Boogner and Adam Foote all playing for them at the time. And they played Kitchener, who had Chris LaPuma in the lineup. And, you know, it was just – I just found it more exciting, a more exciting brand of hockey. So, well, I didn't get to a lot of games. I mean, I was probably 18 at the time myself. I You know, it was just something I went to. And and then, I don't know, like I said, it just – it was – it was close. It felt close. So that, that's why I was attracted to it. And then I think the Detroit junior wings came in maybe a year or two later uh, in the early nineties. I think they were the comp you wear, you know, there was some yep, transition yep. from Windsor to Detroit or a separation. Windsor became the Spitfires and, and Detroit came the junior wings or the ambassadors maybe for a year or two. And so I thought, oh, okay, Detroit. And then, then I find myself, you know, following, just following those two leagues. I, I went to games in the Sioux around 91, 92. I think they won the Memorial Cup at least one of those years. And, uh, you know, it just, it just kept drawing me in. So I would follow the players and the penalty minutes. And funny story, though, I remember going to a game, and, or not a game, I'm sorry. We went to a movie theater over there. I think the Doors was playing. Okay, I don't even know what year this is. But I think Big Cy was on the team that year. And so we go to the movie theater, and there's like six guys sitting, maybe a handful of rows in front. We went to the Canada because I think that it was it opened over there before Sioux, Michigan. So we we had to go see the doors in Canada, and uh, and like I said, there was like six guys and a few rows in front of us, and it, you start to kind of squint and you see, oh, they look like they're part of a team, and then you know, sure, I just remember the the biggest baddest dude when he stood up to leave, and I'm like, that's Chris Simon, man. That he just looks scary, and I don't even know how old he was. I think mean, he was probably 19, but I just remember thinking. That's a big dude right there. He's a, uh, you know, so that, so yeah, I've always been a fan of his just based on where he played. That's another thing, right? Like, I always like the Spokane Chiefs for some reason in the WHL. I don't ask me why, just teams that I kind of drew to and followed their guys, even though I didn't have the footage or anything, but just to see 
a lot of those guys and where they ended up. So like you mentioned, Mazer, I, you know, obviously I'd, I'd heard of him before cause he had played there and, but uh, yeah, then eventually, sorry, long story longer, I, I moved down to the Detroit area and, uh, and that's when I, I realized that the Plymouth Whalers were a thing and, you know, I knew they were a thing, but I, I realized how close I was. So I think it was about, it was the 98, 99 season that I, I became a season ticket holder, and I started just going to all those games. I didn't take the camcorder for a few more years. I wish I'd have had it because, man, one of my favorites was uh, James Ramsey, who uh, was a Plymouth Whaler uh, in 98-99. And I, I swear to God, the first game I went to, the opening face-off, him and Joey Sewell, you know, dropped the helmets and oh. square off, and, and James Ramsey knocked him cold. And I thought, oh, this is the guy I'm going to like, you know, and, so I, I watched as many of those games. I reached out to the media outlets to see if I could acquire game tapes. And, you know, it just it just became a thing. And, uh, you know, so I, I watched them guys until they left. Uh, basically, they left Plymouth and, and, uh, and uh, moved the team. So a lot, of, a lot of good players came through there and, and great hockey and visiting teams, too. You know, it wasn't just about going and seeing the, the Whalers. You know, it's like the, the London Knights would come in or the, the games against Windsor were the best. I mean, it was just you were separated by a river and, same division and both teams were always you know uh, bulked up and and that whole west division i mean at that time frame was tough with you know i think they had it was kitchener and you know windsor and plymouth and the sioux and you know none of them were shy about dressing tough guys so those were always the best games oh yeah absolutely and uh yeah, like I said, growing up in Saskatoon, it was always, uh, you know, we always had tough teams here and tough guys. So, because it's funny, as we're talking about Simon, like the matchups against Chase, right? So, of course, being in Saskatoon, that was sort of my first sort of, because that would have been about 80, 88. So, yeah, so that's kind of when I first, I mean, I kind of went to Blades games earlier than that, but I mean, 88 was sort of my first, I can remember stuff then. Yeah. Him and Twist and Kaminsky and Kerry Clark on the same team, yeah. you know, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. So, and and people don't really realize this, but actually Chase was a pretty decent player back then. I mean, you know, twenty some goals and like forty fights, and yeah. So I mean, unfortunately, a lot, you know, a bunch of that footage is, is out there. So it was, it was, it pretty, is. yeah. So that was pretty cool. And Chase, there's yeah. another guy that's obviously really active on social media. And um, well, a lot of these guys, you know, it's funny. Like you know, you you read the kind of these people that are you know, like, oh, this guy's a plug or this or that, and it's like. You know, like you just said, like him, Brad May, McCarty, um, you know, those guys scored a lot of goals up until the point where they became fourth liners in the NHL. I mean, you know, they didn't, maybe few obviously did, but, you know, those guys contributed and, and, and a lot of them could really play up, up to a certain, you know, certain point when the, when the talent really separates itself, obviously at the NHL level. And you kind of find a role, right, to, to fit in with the team and provide something and, you know, but, uh, yeah, a lot of those guys were uh, decent goal scorers, Absolutely. especially the older ones, right? I yep. mean, a lot of the yep. newer guys, some, I, to me, that's kind of changed there, right? Uh, that time frame somewhere in there where, you know, it, it, guys started showing up just, hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to fight, you know, right? Like from yeah. junior on and yeah. as opposed to, well, this is a role I'll, I'll take on, but I'm still going to contribute and, and, and certain like, Bob Probert, same way. Guy was a goal scorer, you know, in junior and, and, and an all-star one year and, you know, there a lot of these guys had talent, and it, it, you know, it's I don't I just I'm never a fan of you know oh, this guy's a plug or a 
that or whatever. It just, uh, you know, they, they, they fit in with their era, you know, and, and you, it's, you can't judge them to, by today's standards. It's just not the same. No, absolutely. Like you said, yeah, Chase played and like Brad made, well, Brad made 90 points one year. He was a first round pick. I mean, you know, I mean, like they could all, it was kind of that late 90s, early 2000 where it really got pigeonholed. And like when you start getting your Colt Norris and your Bugards, and I mean, you know, nuclear weapons almost, like, you know, they were there for, like, those guys didn't really play. They got like fourth line minutes in junior. Like, they didn't really play then either, right? And I mean, their sole purpose. And, you know, and people can argue if that's good or bad. I mean, whatever. Hey, that was, uh, for that era, that's what happened. So that's, you know, yep. and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, what can you do? Well, yeah, look at, look at your list. You got guys like Tiger and O'Reilly and, you know, yep. those, those guys legitimately contributed to their teams and, and led them in fights or penalty minutes probably half the time too. So yeah, you can, it's tough to judge eras it's it's easier to stay within the confines of a certain decade and, and really look at guys and you know what their what their roles were and how they contributed and you know what they were doing in the nhl as opposed to uh being pigeon like you said pigeonholed great word uh into a role um but like you say you're right it's uh it's not that's neither here nor there it's not for me to judge in any way shape or form yeah, well, like one of the guys here in the bracket here in the first round, well, you were, we briefly talked about him, was, is Darren McCarty. I know you being a big wings guy, what was your first impressions of McCarty when you saw him in Detroit? Yeah, I think the, I'm pretty sure the first game I saw was the one where he fought Cam Russell, right? Like, I think there's like, yep. like three separate times within the same stoppage, I think, two or three times, right? He knocks him down and Cam gets back up and, hey, let's go again. And, you know, I just, uh, I remember thinking D-Mac's going to be all right. Then, of course, you go look him up, and I'm like, dang, this guy, you know, he, he can score, too. He's going to be, he's going to contribute. He's going to be a, a solid guy. And hated to see Coaster go, but because uh, I think that was right about that time. They they were grooming uh, Darren to kind of ride shotgun with Bob, and and they had uh, traded Joey uh, at that time for um, maybe Jim Cummins and Denny Vial, I think. So it, they were certainly uh, trying to fill a void by losing uh the other bruise brother, but uh, I I like D Mac. Always have scored scored some big goals, man, in Detroit. And you know, I know he's had some problems, troubles, or whatever. But um, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Again, I I look at these guys within the confines of how they played, and if I ever ran into them, how did they treat you know people and me? And that's that's all I'm basing them on. I yep. So big, no, ab- yeah, big fan of D Mac. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was, uh, he was one of those guys. Yeah, I didn't obviously, you know, didn't really pay much. To, like, I mean, yeah, obviously, I'd see him fight here and there. You knew who he was and everything. But it was one of those, you know, one of the uh, back when Drop Your Gloves was still around and you start. Oh, oh, there's a little, little, uh, you know, camera icon oh, video for that, video for that. And all of a sudden you're down the Darren McCarty rabbit hole one night and. It was like Jesus. This guy didn't lose too many, man. He was, uh, I, he was a lot better. He was better than I thought he was. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I think the you know those lefty guys. If you weren't doing your homework back in the day, they they jump out and surprise you pretty quick. So, yeah, he he lost. You know, obviously as he got later in his career, and like they all did. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's a tough role to 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 be good at for anything longer than a few years, four or five years. You know, but. Uh, some do, some don't. Even even Proby. I mean, you know, look at the end of his career. He, that Parker fight, you know, was kind of like, oh, that's good. You know, Bob's still Bob in in a way. But then you you know, Nazarov and you know some of these other guys that would kind of bloody him up. And you know, you just you just can't do that for too long and be as successful as uh, as you might want to be. But uh, yeah, 
No, exactly. Well, and one of the guys here on the list, and I know another Saskatoon Blade, X Blade, and I yeah. know, but I know you're a big fan of. Yeah. Um, was Wade Belak. Yeah, sir. Yeah. What yep. were your What one were your first favorites. impressions when you saw Wade? Well, I know because way, way back when that was one of our first trades. Is I uh, I got some footage from Wade himself, some old Blade <laughs> stuff, and I got uh, your Belak player tape. And I heard actually Wade played it. I want to say he played it at his wedding rehearsal party or something. He played your VHS <laughs> tape. He was so pumped to get that back in the day. Yeah, I remember he was uh, he was really excited when I gave it to him, and it was and it was cool uh, yeah, to get the I Blades think... footage from him. Yeah, absolutely. I that you know that like I said, yeah, I don't know why. Just one of those guys, you know, like I said, you have very minimal information, maybe a hockey card or a picture in the hockey news or but you looked at his stats and I just thought, I don't know, I always had a thing for those uh those tough defensemen like Belak from the dub, like Belak and Topper and Rocky Thompson's a guy I didn't even talk about yet. He's another one of my probably yeah. all-time favorites. Um, you know, so those were the guys I I was into about that time frame, but yeah, I, I, I had to put a BLAC thing together. I, I actually got to meet Wade, too, which was awesome. I I got uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jacket tickets from a guy who knew Kevin Deneen. And I had hooked Kevin up with some footage for, I think it was his retirement video. for when he, I think he ended his career with Columbus. And um, so he was looking for footage, and he went to the Denver University, I believe, I'm remembering all this correctly, with a guy who was on fried chicken. And he had reached out to me and said, hey, Kevin, is da, 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 da. he wants to know if you might have any of his footage. It's like, well, if I don't, I'll sure get it. You know? and so I put it all together, expecting you know, basically nothing in return. And what he sends us is you know, two tickets to a Blue Jackets game, uh, locker room passes, and a signed stick. So you know, I'm like, oh, that's more than i expected and so my buddy and i go on a little tour we stop in toledo we watch an echl game drive over to cleveland ohio we watch the barons game back to columbus watch the blue jackets play toronto and anyways after the game so of course we're like a couple of little kids you know with our little locker room passes running downstairs and the great thing about that is the locker rooms are basically right there next to each other so you get down there and it's like there's domi right there's uh there's jody shelley uh, Wade Belak. They're all just standing there after the game, you know, after their shower or whatever, just before they're probably heading out to get on the bus, head to the hotel or whatever, airport. And so, you know, we geeked out a little bit. I got to admit on that one, it was like, you know, can I get a picture, Wade? And so I, and I have it in my basement still. And, and Domi, you know, my buddy got a picture with Ty and Joe, we got multiple pictures with Jody. Jody was awesome. He was the last guy out of the locker room, but he spent the most time with us just talking and just being a good guy, giving us sign, sign my Jersey. I, I have a Shelly Jersey. So he signed that and, um, you know, and like pictures. So, uh, you know, those are the, I just, that's just, like I said, I, we felt like a couple of little kids just being down there and, and just seeing all the, the players that we kind of looked up to and, and, and light so but yeah Belak he's one of the so such a sad story but uh he, he was definitely my favorite guy that came into the league right about that time right yeah no yeah I met Wade a bunch of times and he was always a good dude and yeah like you said yeah. sad, sad story and uh but yeah that's uh well it's funny you talk about Ty Doby and Jody Shelley all these guys are in this bracket here in the first bracket for the first round but Jody Shelley there's another guy played when he was in junior played the Halifax Mooseheads was in the Quebec. Yep. Was in the uh, was in the All Star game in junior. So it wasn't like he was just uh, you know just some clown. But 
But man, that guy, oh, the amount of fights that dude had, like, because it was, like, he put up a ton of fights in the NHL, but getting there, I mean, oh, how many fights did he have in Johnstown and in St. John's and in the minors? It was just, yeah, Shelly was insane. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that says a lot about Jody's character more than anything, because, you know, Jody was tough, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it's it's hard to find sometimes, like, those big wins, like, for Jody, where you go, oh, yeah, this guy was, I never really kind of considered him maybe top five material or anything, but, you know, you look at all of his pitchers, he's got a C on or an A on, I mean, you know, bonafide leader, came through the hard way, he went to university after, uh, after he played in the Quebec Junior League, he might, you know, he went to university and then he went to and played pro hockey. And like you said, I mean, starting at Johnstown in the ECHL and working his way up to St. John and then eventually, uh, you know, we're, I'm trying to think, I just lost my train of thought. Where did Jody go? Did he, he didn't play with Calgary, Columbus, right? Did he, did he get picked by now? Yeah, yeah Columbus, because he fought yeah. Colbert three times in that one game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jody fought everybody. You'll, you'll lose yourself if you look up his fight card. Oh, yeah. That, like, his player sets, like, five discs. You know, it's like, <laughs> I always laugh. I always revert back to, like, fight tapes. How long was his career? Ah, six discs. You know, oh, okay. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know, but I got, like, six volumes of a... <laughs> yeah, so he must have fought a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of lots, because the next guy up is McSorley. So there you go. Yeah, that'd be about four or five discs right there. While that, I mean, Marty's fights all lasted two bloody minutes, but... Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, you know, I look at him now, like, dude, you go look at some Marty fights, like, from with the Kings and shit. Like, if he lost his shoulder pads or something, I mean, this guy looked like he was just lifting tractors on the farm all, you know, yeah. all off-season. I mean, just the back, it's just like a three-foot-wide back. It's just, you can just tell he's just strong as hell, and... And like you said, I mean, his fights were all long. Dude could take a punch like nobody else. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of respect for Marty McSorley. Well, the best part is, is like uh, that that video clip that I, I put on my channel from the last uh, from the last Gladiators there, or what is it? La, la, yeah, Last Gladiators. Yep. It was the DVD extras, and there was about a 10-minute interview with McSorley. And he basically breaks down what it meant to be an enforcer and what you had to do. Well, the amount of con- like I think it's been viewed five hundred thousand times on my channel, but the amount of comments, there are people. I mean, like as I was saying to Steve, I think I said it on another episode. That may as well have been like Richard Kuklinski talking to the, some of these people. Like you know, they thought this guy's a serial killer when you listen to him. They're like, this guy's crazy, and these that's why he's banned and blah blah. Well, he laid it out exactly what an enforcer is, and like to me. There's a difference between fighting and enforcing. There's a difference there. You could be a great fighter and not that great of an enforcer, but you could be a great enforcer, maybe not that great of a fighter. Sure. And, and to me, McSorley was top five of all time best enforcers because it's like you didn't mess with Gretzky. You just didn't, and there's a reason why. It was Marty. Yeah. And he yeah, was, and that, yep. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and I was going to say it. It wasn't like well, let's talk this over and I'll talk shit in the media and the next time we play you, you better watch yourself. No, it was next shift and you're fighting. Oh, I'm not fighting yet. All right, well, I'm going to take my stick and jam it down your throat or something. (laughs) And that's what happened. It was like an immediate response. There was none of this. I mean, nowadays they get mad and block each other on Twitter. I mean, that's the extent of it. (laughs) But back then it was like, no, there's no messing around. Like, 
Yeah, and unfortunately, Marty's career ended the way it did. I mean, you know, with the pressure yeah. thing, and everybody brings yeah. that up, and it was, yeah, that was brutal. But I mean, people forget about the <clears throat> nine hundred and some games he played before that. I mean, Marty had a hell of a yeah. career and turned himself into a very good player. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, nothing but I, I like Marty. It's another guy though. I kind of had to go back and be like, you know what, this guy was was pretty awesome. You know. Yep. It, it, but things change, I think, a little bit when you, you get removed from it. Like, I remember, like, watching games back in the day was so different. Like, Roby getting a fight or whatever. I think half the time, my first reaction was, I hope he doesn't lose, right? Like, that, like it's nothing else other than that. And then, you know, you probably don't even realize who he's fighting at the time until you go back and then you you think, well, that guy's a, you know, well, you know who Wendell was. But, you know, some of the other guys, like Grimson and a lot of those guys, it was like, you just viewed them as the enemy. You know, that's all yep. they were. And, yep. and then when you kind of remove yourself from that, those rivalries and stuff, and you're able to look at a guy's career, you know, with a little more, with a little bit more objective lens. That uh, I, I find myself liking a lot more, if, you know, of these guys. I don't like, I don't like very few of them. I guess I should say that to begin with. And I've never been a fan when people, you know, this or that about them. I, you know, I mad respect for all these guys who played the role, and and uh, very few I don't like. And and the other thing, uh, you'll get a lot of this. Uh, Oh, this guy was a cheap shot. Look at he like Brownie. Some guy was all over Brown because he cross checked Sandstrom, you know, back in the day and a couple times actually. But uh, it was like, well, go look up any of these guys' career. You'd be hard pressed to find a guy that played in the '80s and '90s who probably doesn't have a some sort of a little controversial thing or a black mark. Like Proby headbutted Bob McGill and yep. you know uh, pulled uh, Gary Nyland's hair and. Uh, I mean, it, it's like, what are you going to do? You just, you know, it, it was what it was. And it's just, a, it was a different game. And, and you know, and I, I think a lot of these guys in the heat of the moment, they had a lot of anger. They may have gone out for a beer even back then afterwards, but on the ice, baby, you know, it was a uh, green light go. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing, right? You were out there to like enforce and you played for the logo and you know, what it, whatever it took, that's what was going to happen. And uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, the like, people of our age, I mean, we get it, but I mean, to some 18-year-old who's watching this, it's like, like, McSorley's just horrific, right? Like, animal, should be in jail. Right, you know, right. and it's like, but yeah, like, even, yeah, there's lots of guys, and like you said, lots of guys in this list have, well, maybe not as much as the Brashier thing, but I mean, yeah, they've all had their less than shining moments, but at the same time, it was like, well, that's what it took to play the role and to get your point across, and, um, uh, Sometimes you had to bend the rules, so yeah, that's right. Send a message. Yeah, yeah well, that's what it was about, right? And uh, you know, but uh, yeah, no, just kind of go. Like I said, we're not going to go through every guy or you know whatever, but no, just, no, just sort of yeah. picking out names. But well, then you know, further down the list, I mean, um, actually, well, first you got Ryan Vandenbush. I mean, man, I was, yeah. I was just, I was looking at, <laughs> I, I can't remember who the. Well, they're all, all of us. They're, that guy, one of the most entertaining fighters of all time, without a doubt. Absolutely, but it is fearless. I oh, mean, I just uh, another one of those guys. You just uh, you just start watching fights of him, and you just think, oh my, you know, this guy is, is tough as nails. I mean, he's fighting guys most of the time that are bigger than him. First of all, he doesn't play defense or hug or tackle. I mean, he's like you're gonna you're gonna get one, man. You're gonna take one to give one when you're you're fighting Brian Bannerbush and. Um, you know, didn't win all the fights, uh, but I'll bet you knew you were in one. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I know he was, yeah, I just what all of them, I just what like that fight with him and Bonvi. 
that's like three minutes. It's like it's in the minors. It's in Wilkesbury. It's just like insane. Like I was watching it and. Yeah, yeah. that was that, that was towards the end of his career. Too. Yeah, I mean that wasn't rookie Ryan Bannonbush. No, that was seasoned veteran Ryan Bannonbush. So uh, yeah, he's got another one in junior too. That's uh, that's awesome. I, it shows up every so often. I can't remember the guy he fight. I think it's somebody with Windsor, but uh, uh, just another one where you just oh, like wow. holy shit. Yeah, Tom Sullivan. <laughs> There you go. Yep. Yeah, that, that's the fight. I that's what I was trying to think. I'm like, I just watched it. Yeah, no, I watched it like three nights ago. Yeah, no, insane. But actually, the, one of the guys, well, the, his matchup in this in this tournament is against Jay Miller, and it was funny how you were just mentioning. I I, I guess when you get older, you learn to appreciate things, you know. But when you're when mm-hmm. I was younger, hated Jay Miller, hated him, you know, because I said back then you could like every team had two or three guys. So, like, you could like certain guys and not like certain... I mean, I said, nowadays, I, I mean, anybody that fights I like because there's, like, six of them. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> like, right. So, I like everybody now. But, I mean, back back then, you could be choosy, right? So, but, yeah, I, I remember I'd watched the tapes. I don't know what it was about Miller. He actually looks like Carl Racky, so I think I'd like him. But, <laughs> you know? But for some reason, he just kind of looked like this Carl Racky, but kind of dumpy and kind of... I don't know, but he was... But again, another guy over time, and I kind of got some footage of him, and I think I got a player tape once, and, or a DVD of him, and I kind of watched it. And when you watch all his stuff kind of right in a row, damn, he was pretty good, you know? Yeah, yeah, he had some good fights. I, I, like, I always liked Jay, and I think I liked him. I, I dug the, uh, he wore the Fu Manchu, right? The, yeah, the yeah, mustache, yeah. the handlebar mustache. And I always thought, yeah, you know, you got to be tough to wear a mustache like that, so... I, I kind of—he was one of my sort of my uh, B-level guys that I kind of liked. I was—I uh, was all right with Jay, but, uh, but yeah, I see that. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I could like if you'd asked me why, I'd be like, I don't know why. I just didn't for some reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You it know, was different it was back like, then. I, like I, have, a, I had those guys too, right? Like yeah. I don't know why I don't like them. I just uh, something about them. <laughs> oh, it was like Nylon. I couldn't stand Nylon, right? And then I watched that documentary. Like how many years ago? That documentary didn't come out that long ago. That's how much I didn't like him up until I watched that documentary, and I'm like, ah, oh, goddamn, I, cr- I like Nylon now. But then you go back, yeah, I, and, and now you yeah. watch it with more of an objective eye, and it's like, yeah. oh, man, this guy was – how did I not like this guy? What was wrong with me? You know, like – No, that's funny. Same feeling, dude. Same exact feeling with uh, about Chris Nyland. That back in the day versus revisiting Chris Nyland and then, and then knowing who he is a little bit on Twitter and just, yeah, I, brand new respect for Chris Nyland and the guys he fought back then. Yeah, and again, it's like I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, well, I don't know why I didn't like him, but, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, no, and uh, but one guy in this bracket that I did like or this was Langdon. I remember the first time I saw Darren Langdon, I got a player tape, and I was watching it because I, I had never seen him before. And, he, and, you know, what is he, like 6'1", 200 pounds, doesn't really, he looks kind of, he's got kind of his goofy little square off, like, hey, you know, Sunday in the park. <laughs> and then he ends up just like, you swear the guy's got three arms by the time he's done. Like, he's wrapped this guy <laughs> yeah. up. And, like, oh, just a technician. Like, I remember I was on some, the Morning Skate podcast. They had me on as a guest there a couple months ago. And the guy on the show, the host of the show, is a massive Darren Langdon fan. He's a younger guy, but he's a big Langdon fan. And it was like, oh, yeah, like I called, I said, if you want to talk about the art of fighting, Darren Langdon's Picasso. Like, yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I like Langer too. I got a signed picture of him down in the basement. I uh, I liked him too when he came up. I don't know why. There was something about him though, like you said, just the the tactician to be able to hang with bigger guys and tie him up and switch it up and know when to throw a punch and you know when to you know dodge it and I don't know. It was just he was he was unique, you know. Yeah. I think up to that point everybody it was all about, you know, just toe to toe until, you know, we get broke up or somebody goes down or you know, and, and then all of a sudden there was this guy who was a little bit on the smaller side comparatively and, and he just realized like, wow, this guy this he's not getting beat. He's not getting destroyed at all. He's you know, he's doing quite well because he, he figured it out, you know, he figured out a way to, to be able to be successful in in a game with, with bigger guys. No, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And of course he's, you know, back then, I mean, you know, in the nineties, I mean, he's playing and again, you look at his fight card, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like, you know, the who's who, he fought everybody, but yeah. And it was like, you know, I mean, I get everybody, oh, the Morastis and the Kimballs and the Vanden Bushes. I mean, yeah, the video guys, the video fighters that everybody, holy shit, you know. I mean, everybody <laughs> remembers Tasker and San, right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, and for right, you know, good reason. But, I mean, yeah, but there's something about Langdon. Yeah, it was just that technique. And I mean, it was like some of my buddies, oh, he's boring as shit, you know. And, eh, I don't know. I always respected the, uh, the technique. And it was, because uh, there was one thing, I mean, when you got like Neil Sheehy, that's a little different. I mean, because they're like, oh, Van- Langdon was a hugger. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. He wasn't a hugger. No. <laughs> Sheehy was a hugger or a Brian Curran. Again, not knocking the guys. They did the job, but you know what I'm saying. For the sake, yeah. of, this, for the sake of this exercise, you know, but yeah. that was their technique. I wouldn't put Langdon in their category. No, no. No, I really I like Darren Langdon. He was uh, one of my favorites at that time. Yeah. Well, another guy on this list that I've kind of, and I can't, even the longevity man, Sean Thornton. I got, yeah. to, I got to thinking the other, because I, I, I had an old, uh, actually that was one of my trades of Zoltan. He sent me some St. John's Leaf stuff. And it's like from like 99, and goddamn Thornton's on there. And it's just like, yeah. how long did this guy play for? <laughs> and it was like, I think he played like, he played hundreds of games in the AHL. Ended up playing hundreds of games in the NHL. It's like, well, first of all, to and to, and fought constantly at every level. Yeah. Every year. And it's like to knock on wood to have that injury free in the, in that type of role is unbelievable. And yeah. uh man, what a career that guy had. Yeah, and he won a cup, so you know yeah. I, two one cups. of those guys was two. Was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't real cool on him, you know, maybe at the beginning, but uh you look back, like you just said, a guy that worked his ass off in the minors for years and years and years, finally gets a chance to stick and, and, and you know, made the most of it and uh, contributed. And, and like you say, two cups. Nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely. And like I said, and they're another guy, not the biggest dude. Actually, when, when actually Boston played a, a preseason game here in Saskatoon, and uh, I actually happened to run into him outside on the street corner uh, on his way to Starbucks. And, I mean... Like I'm, like I said, I'm five ten, and he was, you know, we were almost eye to eye. Like he wasn't that taller, much taller than I was, you know. So maybe six feet, six one, and pretty like you know, he's obviously in shape and everything. But I mean, you know, two hundred, two ten. Like he wasn't some yeah. big jacked up dude or anything. And it's just like you think of like man, and that dude fought everybody. And it's yeah. like yeah, it's like, man, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was always a big Thornton fan, but. But yeah, like when you go a little further down the list, well, one of the guys on in that bracket um, was Eric Goddard, and I love yeah. me, I love me some Eric Goddard. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, we 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 were fortunate we got his left bridge footage. Uh, so he he did and Bridgeport. So I yep. think he, he's one of those guys you you got a pretty solid you know video career of him to be able yep. to look back and follow him all the way through the NHL and yeah, definitely a guy I liked when he came up with the Islanders and and, and obviously in the WHL too, definitely. Yeah, Goddard. Yeah, man. And the 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 funny thing I always laughed about Goddard. I've never seen anybody else do this. But man, that dude just fought to his competition. Meaning, however you want it, eh? You want yeah, to well, I mean, or well, like with like when he fight, he did really well against Bugard. Like all the times they fought, he'd do awesome against Bugard, and then he would fight some—I don't want to say a lesser guy, but I mean, kind of whatever you want to call the second tier guy. Yeah. And the guy'd hang yeah. with him, and it's like, like. Jesus Goddard, kill this guy, you know, and it's like, for, for, and he wouldn't like he would lose, but it's just like, eh, you know, whatever. But as soon as he fought, like, you know, uh, I don't know at the time, whoever, like, you know, well, like Brashear or LaRock or whoever, he was right, you know, top, looking like a top, like could be a top guy, but then it's, it, but it, it was just, I don't know what it is. Anybody listening, go back and watch Eric, like a bunch of Eric Goddard footage in a row. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> but when, yeah, but when he was pissy and in a mood, there wasn't too many people better than Eric Goddard. Yep. Yep. I liked him. Yep. Well, and how about our next guy too? Cam Jansen. I got to see him yep. up close personal because he played in Windsor when I was going to the Whaler game. So I was excited when I, you know, the first time I think he rolled into town because that dude, he, he stood out. I mean, this guy, yeah. you know, you may not look at him now, and again, you skate with NHL competition, it's a little different. But, you know, when he was coming into the OHL arenas, I mean, he was a wrecking ball. I mean, he would just crush guys into, <laughs> into the end boards. Yeah. And, you know, he'd fight once or twice. And, and I just, he, playing for Windsor, I never should have liked the guy at all at the time. But I just always was like, oh, man, let's go see Cam Jansen destroy the Whalers. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly what is funny, because one of the guys I used to trade with, that he would get my WHL stuff, and I would get his OHL. I was always so jealous of the OHL, because it seemed like each team had, like, local cable, like, with Rogers deals and stuff, and it was just, like, like in that late 90s, early 2000s, because this guy would yeah. make mixtapes. It was like, damn, this stuff is awesome. Why can't the WHL do this? Damn it. But, uh, Eben, did you ever trade with Eben? Eben Wagland. Yes. Yes, yes that's yeah. who I... I, he used to make really good OHL mix stuff, and that was the first time I ever. There was two guys that stood out in those tapes: Cam Jansen and Ben Eager. Those, oh yeah, Ben Eager. Yeah. Oh, those two guys, like, and everybody like, oh Ben Eager. Oh yeah. No, seriously, back in the day, that dude smoked guys in the OHL and would run around all over the place. He was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that was the thing, like, with him and Cam, like I said, at the junior level, those guys, they could skate and keep up. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. you didn't get rid of the puck. You were just, you were going to get hammered and give it up. And, and yeah. that's, that was kind of the, the great part about that was seeing those guys play at that level. And, and then you go, okay, I, I get why they were drafted. I get why they had a, you know, got a shot or whatever. And, but, uh, yeah, once you get up on the big stage, things get a little different, especially like, like you said about, uh, uh, eager. I mean, it just seemed like he didn't have the the fighting skills. You know, he would have been a good second, third tier guy on a team from the eighties, right or nineties. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, it, you know, he was pretty much the guy. You know, they expected him to be that guy, and I, I just don't. Sometimes those guys just don't translate that from junior to the uh, the pro ranks. And I think Eager was definitely one of those guys. Yeah. 
but yeah, if anybody, if you ever have an opportunity to go watch like his Oshawa General stuff, oh man, the guy's yeah. a rec- guy's a wrecking ball. Yeah, yeah. But and there's uh, so many of those guys. Like, oh yeah, you know, Justin Soriel was another guy who played yep. for Peterborough. He was a really tough guy, and he, he had a few games in the minors, I think, but uh, very short pro career. But uh, it was a guy that you thought, oh, this this is the this guy's going to be the next guy, you know, and yep. and it just doesn't uh, just doesn't happen sometimes. Yeah, well, there's like so many, like just kind of there's. I always just call them junior tough, right? And then they just kind of maybe a season or two in the minors, and then you know whatever they got on with life. But yeah, but I yeah, mean, there's so yeah. many, like you know, a Richard Greenop or you know, or you know, yeah. or just guys like yeah. that. That yeah, I mean, in the in the in the juniors, they were just like killers, right? Nick Jones, you know, I love yeah. Nick Jones, Steve Demonsky. I love Demonsky too, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, somebody said Nick was never a fan of it at the OHL. They posted on my YouTube channel, and I, I kind of I, I have a tendency to believe them. I mean, uh, yeah. some of those guys probably just got sick of it after three, yep. four years of it, and yeah, yep. moved on to other things. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you know, Darcy Harris, Steve Demonsky. St- oh, Harris played a couple years in the minors, but I mean, yeah, Darcy but, Harris was a real tough guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it was just like and the WHL same guy, like Matt Summerfeld, guys like that were just you know, oh yeah, and it was just but oh man, yeah. Well, speaking, uh, you you mentioned him earlier, and uh, and of course you filmed him in Traverse City when he went through the glass was 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 old Boogie. What was your impressions when you saw Bugard for the first time? Just a giant. I just thought, oh my god, this guy is just—he's huge. You know, that was obviously the first thing. I felt like the 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 rink was going to split down the middle when he stepped on the ice. I mean, it was just. Just head and shoulders above everybody. I think that first year. I think I don't know if it was if, if McGratton was there that same year, or if it was the next year that they uh, found each other. But uh, yeah, he stood out, and he wasn't a bad skater at that tournament oh. either. You know, like you know, he was, he was pretty solid, and you can see why. You know, he was uh, obviously drafted. He was a huge guy. He could fight. He was wasn't a terrible skater at that level, and. Yeah, just just imposing. I mean, it was three guys. I think I remember early on were him, Trevor Ettinger, and uh, and uh, and Brian. Yeah, those yeah. were the three guys that really piqued my interest. Should I should say uh, in the early days of going up there. I was going to say, as a wings guy, how bitter were you that they didn't sign McGratton? <laughs> I don't think I expected. Same with Mike Segroy, right? They they yeah. had him up there. Yeah, uh, fought Darcy Hornichuk. I think was the very first uh, fight I ever I, I taped up there. Was yep. was Mike and, and Darcy Hornichuk had a nice little go, and I think Mike got a preseason game against Pittsburgh, and then off he went to Toledo, and then about nineteen other ECHL teams that year. But uh, yeah. same thing, yeah. Like, oh, uh, I wish we could have had him, or you know, like you say, McGratton, and you know, there were other guys too that weren't probably as well known. I'm. Jeff Feniak, I was always a fan of him. He played out in the WHL, yep. I think, with Regina, maybe. I don't yep. know. You'll have to correct me on that. But uh, yeah. I was excited when, when he showed up. And, um, you know, there were guys like that constantly coming through the uh, those free agent invites to those rookie tournaments. Yeah, you were there. Zach Fitzgerald was there when you were there, weren't, weren't you? Wasn't he? With the Blues? Uh, probably. I, I don't remember Zach as much being there. But um, I'm sure he was if he was right in that. You know that 1999 to yeah, 2003. Yeah. I'm sure he was. I'm trying to think. Well, another guy I didn't, I didn't realize was there was uh, was Jordan Tutu. I mean, it, there was a guy that I kind of had to go back and look and be like, oh shit, yeah, Jordan was there too. So Scott Hart now, another guy that was there with Nashville yep. back in the uh, the early days of the tournament. So that's why I say it's kind of surprising when you you go back and you realize. And I'm not even talking about the stars, right? I'm just talking about the guys that I that I focused on. There was. 
there was a lot of good hockey players and, and, and really good talent that, uh, that came through those. So there was always a, a great event. Uh, the best part, though, I always love watching those tapes because you always knew a fight a fight guy was filming and a guy that was in the know because the play would be going up the ice and everybody would be following the play, but he'd be zoomed back in on the two guys talking back behind the play. Didn't miss a single punch. He knew it was coming. Yeah, or there'd be a face-off and the, cam- the play would happen and they'd start take off after the puck and the camera would just sit right on the two guys. He didn't even move because that's who we wanted to film. That used to crack me up every time. Yeah. I'll tell you who was really good at that was Alan Moulter was one of the guys I met up there. I don't know if you know Alan or oh, traded with him, but yep. yeah, he, yeah. And he was a guy that he, he knew guys that came through the Grand Rapids Griffins and, and eventually the, uh, the Muskegon team over there. And, uh, so he had a lot of good contacts and he, in fact, he brought Rammer, Bruce Ramsey up one year. And so I got to meet him because he came up with Alan or he met him up there or something for one of the, I think he was coaching the Muskegon team at that time, maybe. So he was yep. scouting and, so it was kind of cool to bump into him, but, but Al was great at that. He'd be like, here you go, here you go. You know, you, like he'd, he'd call it because he'd, he'd see something at the faceoff that, you know, you, you, even myself might have missed, but he, he was always on top of that kind of thing. Like, they're going to go, they're going to go, here we go, you know. <laughs> so yeah. you can hear that trash too. A lot of the, our, our stupid comments probably uh, appear on a lot of those fights too, but uh, yeah. oh, it was I was a lot of fun. That, with that New Jersey footage with Parker. I don't know who it is, the one guy, and he's got that New Jersey, and that's that pocket kid, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know, he ain't showing me nothing. It's like, oh, come on, man, you know. Yeah, I just laugh. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's like you have it on the YouTube page, and it's like, oh, I knew Parker watched this. And I'm like, that wasn't me that filmed it, just so you know. It's not me filming, you know, like, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have that luxury with some of those Traverse City fights. That is me talking, so uh, yeah, I, yeah. I apologize for anything stupid I might have said, and I'm sure I said something. Uh, <laughs> In fact, we'll... I think some of them I've, I I might have even taken the volume down as I was editing those. Like, oh, I gotta take that out. I sound like a fucking idiot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, here's a perfect time to drop in some ACDC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, let's put on some music to this. But, um, well, on the other bracket, on the other side, speaking of, uh, we were talking about Detroit, uh, CompuWare was Big Eric Karens. Did you see him in junior? I did not. I, I, nope, I did not. But I got early footage, uh, a few fights of his from junior and just, I, well, I think I posted on Twitter one day, like, if you look at his card, like his OHL card or whatever from like his first or second year, and then you compare it to his last year, it's like, holy shit, that guy put on like, 50 pounds of muscle in, in yeah. two or three years in the OHL and he just became a bull. So yep. yeah, he, I found a couple, I don't know where I just saw them. Somebody had some news clips of a, I think it was a, a OHL championship back in the day. It was Detroit and maybe the uh, North Bay. And uh, I think Cairns and McLaren, I think it was a, it was a nice little surprise, just a clip that showed up on a flight that I, or a tape that a DVD that I'd never seen before. But uh, no, I wasn't lucky enough to see big Eric, uh, I may have seen them, but just not even thought about it. Cause I did yeah. see uh, them play the Greyhounds back in the day. So I wouldn't have been shocked if he was in the lineup, but I, nothing stood out that game. I think there was maybe one fight and it was, uh, I think it was Andre Payet actually who fought, uh, uh, for the Sioux against, uh, I won't remember the, the junior wing at the time, but, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I, but I liked him. I thought, okay, he played for the Detroit team and, you know, he's a big dude and, and obviously he's a, he's a tough guy. So, um, it was, like a, it was amazing with him, eh? Like how he just kind of turned. I don't know what happened, but man, he was kind of like had that kind of 
glass jaw when he first came up and it was a real like he was kind of getting dropped a bunch of times and it was like you know you started having your doubts but i don't know something clicked because poof that last half yeah. that last half of his career man he was he was killing dudes yeah i think like maybe when he got traded to pittsburgh maybe right about that yeah. time frame like he yeah he took off and i think he was in the in the consideration of with the guys like LaRock and brashear at that time in fact i think cairns might have been one of the first guys who i think cleanly beat brashear who you know rarely lost uh yeah in the day right yeah, yeah. oh was, yeah as much as that drove me nuts i wanted to see donald lose every damn fight but man he was uh like I always always say with the brass here, right? You got to give the devil his due. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I was good, and I mean, he had his technique, and you know, whatever. But um, I felt the same way. I, I was not a fan at all. He's a guy I look back at though, and, and, and with a little fondness, and just you know, I, I give him a little more respect, I think, today than I than I did when he was playing. Yep, yep, yeah, and like, and and there was another guy, actually, really good player. Like almost a forty goal AHL season. Frederick, speaking of that Fredericton footage, yeah, he's all over that too. But I mean, you know, yeah. two hundred minutes, thirty goals. I mean, guy was a hell of a talent, you know. And uh, you know, and I think he even says it in one of the interviews. He's kind of, he's actually looking back on his career. He was always a little more upset that they actually didn't really let him play as much as he wanted to, you know, and kind of got put in that role. But uh, but hey, guy did it, man, long, long time, and and uh, and yep. you know was, uh, you know, kind of, you know, everybody grows into it. I mean, when he was with the Canadian Montreal there, he kind of, you know, whatever, had his moments. But, uh, yeah, once he got to Vancouver, he kind of took off. Yeah, he did. And, and he was so strong. And, and you're right, he used his, his strength to his advantage and style. And I think people got turned off a little bit by that. And it was almost like he, sometimes he wouldn't just beat your guy. But, you know, the way he would, you know, the fight would turn out, you'd be like, oh, they got to fight again. There's got to be, that, like the McSorley thing, like, you know, like, you, you, you got to fight him again. That, that's not, you can't call that a fight, or you can't call that a win. And, and I think that was part of it, right, was just the way he fought. But you're right, once he uh, hit Vancouver, and, and, and even thereafter, I, you know, he, you, man, he, he was as strong as can be. And, and you know, you, you watch some of those punches that he lands in, in tight, and uh, just... I don't know what else to say. He was a, he's a tough dude, man. And like I said, looking back, I have, I have way more respect for Donald Brashear now than I ever did. Yep. No, I agree. Oh, and uh, for everybody listening about Eric Karens, I forgot to mention uh, five for fighting Alec over there. He interviewed Pat Barton, who was, oh, a, yeah. te- who was a teammate of Eric Karens in the, with Detroit CompuWare. And he's a friend yep. of obviously with Karens. They grew up together. I think they played minor hockey together growing up. And he's got some really interesting Eric Karen stories. And uh, that's a really good interview. Pat was a really good guest. It's like a super long, it's like four hours. But it was like, the dude has some awesome CompuWare OHL stories. So, yeah. And he was talking about Karen. So anybody interested in that, you should definitely check that out. But uh, Yeah, I'll have to do that. I, I didn't hear that one yet. Yeah, I know. It's good. But, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of looking at this bracket, man. You got Barubi and Fatio. And, well, okay. We're gonna. I'm gonna create some contrast. I want to get your what? We got to talk about the Fatio thing. It's like, well, because you can remember the wars on fried chicken that were fought (laughs) over Nick Fatio. You were there. I know you read them. So did I. And uh, and Steve and I have had this conversation again. The footage, lack of footage, really hurts, of course. But the footage that's out there. I just don't see it, man. I don't. I, uh, what am I missing? Am I yeah, missing something? I don't know. No, I, I don't know. It's, 
definitely a fan favorite, big time Ranger guy. Um, yeah, you, but you start breaking down those fights, and you know, I'm kind of like you. There was, I think, there was a fear factor, definitely. Um, but you know, you look at there's games where Nick's not dressed, and, and you think, well, why isn't Nick dressed against the Flyers? Or you know, why what's going on here? Why why wasn't the few in the lineup? Or you know, like the Ben Wilson fight, I think that gets overplayed too. That you know, some you know people, oh Nick, this that you know, but I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't I don't want to help with your controversy, but <laughs> no, I don't I, know what to make it. Nick fit to you, quite honestly. I didn't. I haven't. I haven't seen enough of him to to comment. I know he's a huge fan favorite. There's people that saw him play live that say he was as tough as anybody. Good fighter. So, you know, I'm I'm good with that. No, absolutely, and that's what I would say. I'm not like here to disparage Fatio and I'll fuck that guy. No, nothing like that. But it's <laughs> like I, you know, I get, but before my time, and I, like I said, I've seen the limited footage, and uh, you know, by all like, obviously a tough dude and everything else. But like you'd see these people, oh, he's top five all time. It's like, mm, yeah, you know, I, I don't know about that, but it's like you know, but you know, unlike oh. it's. Uh, well, yeah. that was the days, right, that you, you you were called out. Like, you yeah. know, what do you mean he's top five? You know, show me the, like they say today, the kids say today, show me the receipts, right? Let, yeah. You know, show me what he did. Tell me what he did. And, you know, that that was, so that was, that was good because it was, it would dig up stories and it would dig up more information. But, uh, but yeah, like, you know, defend your guy. What, what makes him top five all time? Because what we have, and again, it's limited footage. I get that. You know, what, you know, what are we seeing that, or you're seeing that we're not, and, you know, it's just one of those things, but, uh, yeah, like, and that's the thing. And like I said, I'm not trying to turn this into a bash Nick thing or anything. I'm not, <laughs> no, certainly no, no, not at all, but it was always, you know, and then it was like, well, then that thing with Probert and the miners, and oh, see, even Probert was scared of him. Wow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, then there's, well, okay. He didn't fight him, you know, and Fatio's trying, yeah. you know, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if Pro, uh, come on. I don't think Bob Probert was scared of Nick Fatio. Let's all calm down. I mean, I know you like Nick and all, but you know, settle down, you know, but at the end yeah, of- there's, there's so many things we don't know in oh, exactly. situations like that. And, Cause they, they even, uh, they came together when Nick was in Calgary and, uh, Nick has the gloves off and Proby kind of just does a, you know, turns the other way. So, you know, I, I'm like you, there's no way Bob Prober with his fight card was here. Anybody, but, uh, but you know, there, there's another little thing, but, yeah. but you don't know what's happening there that maybe no. they needed power play. Maybe it was just not the right time. Maybe Proby was, uh, you know, reeling from a, a fight the night before. I mean, you just, I don't like, that's why I don't get into that. I don't try to read too much into anything other than no. what I, what I see. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you got coaches putting handcuffs, like, Hey, don't fight him tonight or, you know, whatever. And you know, I mean, like you said, we're not down there. So exactly. I'm with you. We're not down there. So we're not privy to that sort of info. But uh, one of those one of those run-ins, you think, oh man, I, you know that would have been interesting. Or, yeah. but then you see Nick Fatu fight. Uh, was it Semenko in a, one of maybe a, a playoff game? And it's like that dude, but he had no interest in fighting. You know, you can see it as they're interacting. You know, like what are you guys doing? Are you going to fight? Or you know, it's like yeah. this would be a perfect spot for the two big heavyweights to to go at it. And but again, you, you never know. No, exactly. But yeah, I was just as I'm kind of looking at this bracket, man. Jesus, like LaRock and then man, the computer yeah, spit this out. Yeah, and then Playfair, Ben Wilson. Oh, I think old Steve's gonna be crushed with his Ben Wilson. He's gonna have to be pumping that Ben Wilson awareness hashtag again. I think, but uh, <laughs> but uh, well, well, hey, I, you, and you you shot right over Joe Coaster and talk about 
controversy. I know, and, and I think Steve is, he's not the only one, or maybe it's not Steve, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but, you know, the, the, it's, it's always brought up, well, look at Joey's fight card. You know, what, what big heavyweight did Joe Koser ever beat? You know, I always see that. I know, remember Nick Vavona, too, on, on Fried Chicken was a big, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, who yeah, did Joe Yeah, Nick Koser also had Mel Bridgman at number one, too. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, but Joe Koser didn't do anything. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I, again, I don't dig too deep into that kind of thing. Fight cards, who we beat, this, that, or the other. Where he ranks, da da da. I'm a huge Joey Coaster fan, and, and nothing will ever change that. So, uh, the guy does can do no wrong in my book. Yeah, well, you said former. Oh man, there's now there's some blades footage I'd love to have of Coaster playing with the yeah. blades. That yeah. one fight that I, I'd never seen that before. I think you posted or somebody did of him KOing somebody in junior. I, I don't think I'd ever seen that until. You, I think it was you that put it no, up. No, it was um, uh, no, are the Ark Ark George Ark Arkahorse or whatever Arkatos or yeah, whatever. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's funny because I had that footage. I didn't know that was Coaster. I never knew right. that was Coaster, and it was somebody because it has music to it. It was just some musical, you know, they're you know whatever, and it was like yeah, no, yeah. Kind of, you look back, it's like son of a bitch that is Coaster. Yeah, yeah, but he dropped somebody. <laughs> it was like. But man, yeah, and like I work with guys here at Zastoon that like grew up with Joey, and like they remembered him playing with the Blades and him and Dave Brown and stuff, and they grew up with Brown. So I always tell everybody back in the day, Dave Brown was a hell of a pitcher. He was actually scouted as a pitcher back in the day. He was awesome, apparently. I, I yeah, always said, said imagine charging that mound. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, right. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, with Coaster, oh, yeah, I mean, well, Steve and I know that was Steve and I when we were talking about the top twenty-five. He has. Coaster in his top 25, I can't remember where, but we did kind of mention that the fight card thing did come up, and I was scrolling his fight card, and it was like, I was actually surprised by it, to be honest, but at the same time, you know, Coaster could turn your lights out with one shot, as he proved a few times, so, you know, I'm certainly not going to disparage Joe Coaster at all, but, uh, you know, um, yeah. And I was just like the, again, I like I looked at him as a player. Same, you know, same yeah, with Proby. Yeah. Same with this whole this whole hobby. You know, I I, I enjoyed the fight within the game. Um, you know, that's why. And I know I'm, I may be in the minority. I, I'm not. I'm just not a big LNAH guy. <laughs> I know, you know the, the semi pro league, that kind of thing. Yeah. I always just enjoyed it in the major leagues, like the junior up through the AAE, whatever. I and I always just liked it as part of the game. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I like to go to a hockey game, see a handful of fights or whatever, and, and some emotion and. And that was it for me. And, and obviously the fights were great. I, that's why I own, you know, a thousand discs or whatever. But, but it was just the way the game was in those days. I just liked it more because of uh, it had everything, right? No, absolutely. And it's, uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, well, although I'm a big Ellen H guy, but I mean, but I completely get what you're saying. And I mean, I get people's, you know, and that was the same thing even when we talked about the message board days. I mean, the LNA show was a hot topic on the message boards back in, you know, the 03, 04, 05, because that was sort of when it started getting traction and the footage started getting out there and everybody's like, gee, what is this gong show, right? And there, <laughs> and there was two camps, right? You had people that loved it, and then you had people that, you know, the, the old... Because I can remember Morasti getting torn apart by dudes on fried chicken. Like, they're just like, look at this little dummy, right? Like, you know... And they just weren't into the LNH stuff. I mean, which I completely understand, you know. And uh, I mean, I get it. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's, 
that's a, right there. Morasti in Syracuse. Oh, that, I love it. Watch that tape, you know, or his footage in there. It's like yeah. Morasti with do uh, wherever in the, the Quebec League. And I'm, I'm like, I just, I never probably even watched those fights more than once, if that. Yep. Nothing against the players, nothing against the league. Totally get it. But uh, I don't know. I was just, uh, that's just always, uh, how I've always felt. Yeah, well, no, I, like I said, I completely get it. But uh, yeah, they, uh, it's not for everybody. But um even our that's even, a tough bracket, man. You start looking at yeah, like yeah. the north, the the like we'll call it like the northwest bracket and the northeast bracket. Those are you got some you got some tough matchups, man. Look at look at Brownie and LaRock, just a couple lefties, right? Three yeah. swinging. That'll, that's that's going to be a tough. That's going to be an interesting vote. Uh, I I really don't know who's like most of these. When I look at them, it's like I know how they're going to go, but that LaRock Brown, yeah, I don't know. Actually, and, yeah. and like to play the hypothetical game, I don't know. That'd be that'd be a very interesting fight, actually. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I say, you know, well, I'm not a big fan of hypothetical, but you look at something like that, and that that jumps out at me. Like oh, that's that's one that would be interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing that one. Yeah, I mean, I can I picture it in my head Brownie getting the jump on him before George <laughs> even knows they're in one. <laughs> Brownie's hitting him off the face off, and then George comes back and maybe yanks him a little bit. And, yeah, I can see it already. But, uh, yeah, that'd be a hell of a fight, boy. I like LaRock. He was probably my favorite guy in that time frame, too. So I know he's uh, another guy that get, people get down on uh, style or what have you, too nice, whatever it was. But uh, I think he was probably one of my favorites right in that time frame. It was so funny, speaking of LaRock, because you'd always get that on the message boards and whatever, you know, oh, he just throws noogies, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. I remember one of the times I was talking to Wade Belak, I asked him about LaRock, and I said, I, I think I said I didn't say does LaRock throw noogies because I didn't want to sound like a moron, but I was just kind of like, <laughs> I'm like, does LaRock like you know what what's he like when he and he goes, oh he he goes it's like getting getting kicked by a horse, he goes oh it's just, he goes it's brutal oh and he goes and he's so strong he goes he pulls you into his fist like he'll pull you into it while his left is coming and he's like oh yeah it's like getting hit by a brick you know and then I laugh and I I didn't say nothing but I'm laughing to myself and as I'm sitting there as you know, Ranger fan six, seven ten on fried chicken thinks LaRock hits like pillows. Yeah, you know, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was just yeah. sort of amused me, you know, but uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah like I, you I said, like, him yeah. and Brashear were very out of the two, uh, like, like really polarizing in terms of like kind of like top end top, whatever you want to call top five guys or whatever. You know, like if you say a Probert or a Twist or a Cody, no one really argues with you. But if you throw in, like, the Brashear LaRock, it's kind of, well, I don't know. And it's like, well, I, I don't really know where the argument is because LaRock. And I felt like it was, there was, like, two camps, too, right in those days. Like, it, it seemed like you couldn't be a LaRock and a Brashear fan. You had to be one or the other for some reason. But That's true. It was, That's true. Yes. It was like, because I think they were always near the top at that time frame. And yeah. neither one of them, I think enticed a lot of people because we were so used to watching the 80s and 90s and it was a little bit different just to to see how they went about their business and the fights they got into and you know balance issues it seemed like both of them had it for a while you know and so it, it just felt like you were either you were either always you're a rock fan or you're a brashear fan but for some reason you couldn't be both yeah, no, exactly. Oh, it's a perfect example, yeah. And it was really cool to get that kind of that LaRock Jr. footage. It was interesting to see him playing in uh playing in junior and Yeah, like you said, other than the other than the blue and kind of knockout, there's uh you know, George is pretty much dummy and everybody down there too. So it's like 
Man. Yeah, the, his Hamilton footage surfaced too. I think uh, his nine, maybe nine, the ninety eight, ninety nine season before he got called up or something. Yep. And I mean, yep. you know, not out of, not out of place at the AHL either. I mean, no. he, he was legit, no doubt about that. I still love that game where he just kind of it's like they build it up, right? Like he rolls in in the, in the intermission or whatever, and he just comes out on the ice for his first shift and fights. Joel Terrio and yeah. like what is going on here? You know, yeah. well, and, then, and it was a TS, and it was a TSN game to boots. So it's like yeah, no television. So because I remember we're watching it and we're like we don't again junior ninety we don't know who these guys are, but it was just like <laughs> looking back on it now, those you know, those are two big names, right? But I mean, because everybody yeah. sees Terrio's L and H stuff, but I mean he's sort of a legend in that. Well, he is a legend. And then you get LaRock mm-hmm. in there, too. And, I mean, yeah, George talks about it in his book. Actually, him and Terrio are apparently really good friends. But, you know. It oh, was, sure. Yeah, and it was, a, you know, and, a, yeah, like you said, they just trade for him. He shows up, put your shit on. Oh, yeah, now you're fighting <laughs> Terrio right off the draw. You know, right. what, a, what a time. Uh, you, know, you, know, you, know, yeah. you know, only in the 90s. But, uh, well, like you said, the next day, like that Larry Playfair, I mean, there's a guy, I mean, I hear – there's another guy I keep, I keep yeah. referencing fried chicken, but really, I mean, that was my biography of him was from guys talk. Well, I think there was a poster name Playfair on there. So, you know, and, uh, that was my only kind of real, my introduction to him. And again, I haven't really seen much. Well, there isn't much to see, you know, footage wise, but the stuff that's out there and the stories you hear. Oof. Yeah. I feel like those, uh, kind of the early to mid eighties, there's a, there's like a hole in my, uh, you know, history of guys yeah. like Larry Playfair and, yes. you know, another guy, maybe a little earlier, but like a Dan Maloney and, yep. you know, some of those guys you just didn't even, because you, there's just, there was just so limited footage that it feels like from the early eighties to the mid eighties after that, it, you know, with the, the satellite dishes and every team having a network and broadcasting almost all their games and, you know, you could really get to study and watch a player game in and game out. But, uh, but yeah, there's guys like Larry that I, I'm still not up to speed on because of the limited footage. Uh, other than what you hear about and what you do see, definitely definitely a tough dude. But, um, yeah. Well, that, yeah, and that's the thing. Like you said, with the old footage, it's basically like Bruins and Flyers. I mean, that stuff's all over yeah. the place, you know, and it's like, you know, if, if, as long as they fought a Bruin or a Flyer, you'd see them. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. other than that, it was like, yeah, you weren't seeing Buffalo versus Vancouver from 83. You know, that just wasn't happening. So, <laughs> right, you know, right. You know, so, but yeah, so there's another guy. Like, seriously, a perfect example, Ben Wilson, right? Played in the 70s, early 80s. But yeah, you see lots of his shit because he's on the Flyers, right? So. Yep, yep. You know, unfortunately, because, I mean, Wilson was a killer, obviously. But, uh, yeah, another one of my favorites, definitely Ben Wilson. Yeah, again, I just like, got a game of uh, of him. Uh, it was a it's a Red Wing, it's a playoff game between was it uh, Chicago and uh, Detroit? Uh, I think it was eight, the eighty four playoffs, eighty three, eighty four. I'd never seen this before, and uh, I mean, he, he basically all but just clocks Danny Gare in front of the net with a with a glove on and like bloodies Danny's nose, and he got a fighting major for it, but. I didn't even realize it when I saw the box score. I just thought, oh, probably a high stick or something, you know, just a major. The guy with him didn't get a major. So, but then I, like I said, I acquired the, the footage, the game of itself, and it was like, holy shit, I've never seen that before. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of just into the, the final bracket here and just, uh, you know, some, uh, well, I mean, Leaf Nation will be all over this one, but I mean, you got Wendell Clark and, uh, but I mean, it's hard not to love, it's hard not to love Wendell, though. Yeah, 
yeah. Yeah, big fan of Wendell. Even though he played for Toronto, you know, when Detroit and Toronto were having those great wars, you know, in the uh, 80s and, and early 90s, uh, he was just a guy I never could hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Curran, yeah, I never liked Brian Curran or some of the other guys that played for Toronto at that time, but uh, always had mad respect for Wendell. No, absolutely. Oh, well, well, we kind of, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of wrap. We're going long here, so I'm not going to keep you for too much longer. But one of the names is because, again, I keep referencing fried chicken, and uh, we I laugh because we were talking about Bavonia before, but Baumgartner. Of course, he hated <laughs> Baumgartner or Bummy or whatever he's Bum, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I yeah. love Baumgartner. I'm a huge fan of Ken. He's one of my all-time favorites. Okay, yeah. Yeah, not but, mine, but uh, I could see that. I, I get it. You know, again, I don't hate any of these guys, but uh, he just never did much for me. I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, hey, and I get it. I, it was one of those technician guys. I know he always had the helmet and the mullet. I know he always cracked me up for some reason. But uh, well, no, he was cool. I'm not saying anything other than that. I'm just saying I, oh, you know, he, maybe who he played for. I just again the Islanders at that time. I just didn't really follow him too closely and. You know, when he came to Toronto, I just looked at him as kind of a guy brought in, you know, fight Probert or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Knew he was tough, don't get me wrong, obviously, but, uh, and knew who he was from the, from the Memorial Cup and playing in uh, Prince Albert. But, uh, yeah. Nope. Nothing, uh, nothing yeah. bad about Ken. Just well, never made my radar. There you go. Well, I was going to say, Randy McKay, speaking of guys that the Wings let go. Yeah. And, and there, yeah, and there's fan. another guy who turned himself into a hell of a player, too. Yeah, yeah, I loved Randy McKay when he came up. Uh, didn't win them all, but man, he uh, he took the reins. Like you know, I think about those teams with, when when Joey was gone, and and they they were shuffling guys in and out. And Randy McKay was one of those guys that uh, was brought up. And like I said, you know, he he didn't win them all, but man, he was he was in them, and and he had no problem uh, trying to fill that void. And and I was looking forward to him being a wing for a while. But uh, yeah. They, one of the weirdest trades ever, right? When they uh, they they had to, or they I guess it was a more like a compensation thing where yeah. they got Troy Crowder from uh, from Jersey, which you know I thought that was oh here we go, and then of course that never worked out at all because crowds got hurt and you know that was that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I missed Randy McKay. I love that dude. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, you know, and unfortunately, kind of in tournaments like this, I mean, he kind of get, you know you. He's underrated, he's underrated, underappreciated, but anybody listening, you go back and watch some Randy McKay footage, you'll be digging it, trust me. But, uh, but yeah, Stan Jonathan, there you go, it's kind of the early day Ty Domi. And, uh, but then bigger, and we talked about him at Gratton. I mean, you saw him at Traverse City with the wings, and I always say kind of, well, I mean, you have Reeves, I guess, but really I always kind of, McGratton was sort of, in my mind, sort of that last, the last great enforcer, kind of. Sure. You know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Brian, especially like you said, he, when he showed up in a, a Red Wing jersey, you know, boom, fan for life. So yeah, uh, I always yeah. followed him after that and had respect for him. Yeah, well, and it's funny because Andrew Peters, and there's a guy he kind of gets shit on a lot, but I I tell everybody to go back. One thing about Andrew Peters, go watch. Yeah, I think he fights McGratton like seven times, and there's the whole series is on YouTube. In one yeah. video, they got all every, five or six or whatever, how many times they fight. It's all on one video. Goddamn. Andrew Peters does really good against Brian McGratton. And, and he does really well against him. Yeah. And 
Peter seems like a really cool guy too. Now, like uh, he's one of the guys that had messaged me once in a while. He'll 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 remind me of birthdays sometimes, and I'm like, yeah, I got it, Andrew. We'll take care of him. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like, well, like yeah he follows he follows me on Twitter as well. And I mean, yeah, there's a guy. Actually, I should get a hold of him. I'd like to get him on the show. And uh, yeah, it'd be fun to talk about like the old OHL days with him and those Rochester days and. Yeah, because I think yeah. he, and he seems like he's, well, he's got his own show and everything. So, I mean, I know he's really open about talking about it. So, I imagine he'd have some really good stories. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but one of the guys, I can't let you get out of here without bringing this guy up. Because, again, our whole topic has sort of been surrounding the message boards. And I know there's some old fried chicken guys out there that listen to this show. They're just probably just loving this, all this old message board talk. But you talk about probably, probably the most, Divided player on the message boards, Scott Parker. Now, mm-hmm. what 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 uh, what side of the fence are you landing on with Parker? Well, what's the category? I mean, I, I dig him. I, I always like Scott Parker. I you know we had a lot of hope for him coming up, but you know one of those guys because we got to see him so early. I think right, like that Kelowna footage that came out. Yeah, he's like, you he's got to see Scott to Parker basic. Yeah, that. his whole career, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's one of those guys, you you know, you get kind of geeked up for because you, you see him since he's seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, 16, 17, whatever he was when he, when he started with Kelowna and, and you were able to follow him and he, and he, and he knew people and, and got footage. And so, yeah, it's like you, you watch him from Kelowna to Hershey to the NHL. And I mean, he was a guy that embraced the role I feel like. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's part of the, the issue though, right? Like guys have this, these, these unrealistic expectations sometimes yeah. when, you see a guy dominating junior and you think, Oh, this, this is it. This is the guy, you know, that's going to come up and, and, and be the next thing. And, and again, you know, that doesn't always translate to the, uh, to the NHL level, but I, I like Scott Parker. I loved everything I saw him from Kelowna through Hershey to the NHL. And I have no, nothing bad to say about the guy at all. I, um, yeah. And I don't think he would sell short at all. I mean, I, I think he, he definitely no. did yeah. a, a good job in the NHL and, it's you know, it was in a lot of conversations and yeah. 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 I mean, he was never the number one guy or anything, but I mean, you know, there's probably a couple years there where he could have, he was definitely in the conversation, but I always laugh at, at, at you watch, even in this tournament, when I put the matchup up, guaranteed somebody's going to say, Oh yeah, but Probert knocked him out. You know, they, yeah. <laughs> every time they bring up the Probert fight. And then I always laughed at people when they acted like that was like some sort of like, I'm like, well, Probert beat lots of people. Like, I don't know what all of a sudden this was some knock against Parker. Like, well, Probert got him. Well, yeah, Probert yeah. got everyone. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it was the fashion in which he did it, I guess. I don't know. But I'm like, since when, to lo- when is losing to Probert some monumentally <laughs> terrible thing? Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's always just sort of weird. But I guarantee you, watch, when this tournament starts, somebody's going to, as soon as you mention Parker, it's two or three replies in, somebody's going to, oh, Probert, that's all they'll put. And it's like, oh, come on. He had, it's like he had 170 fights after that. Come on, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's not too many guys, uh, maybe on this entire list, that probably haven't been at least caught once or twice in their whole career. So, oh, yeah. you know, Todd Ewan dropped Bob Probert early on. And, you know, it's just, that's why I say I'm not, I don't get too invested in a lot of that stuff. Oh, he beat this guy or, you know, he lost to that guy. So therefore, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's, no, just, it's, yeah, it's like the six degrees of separation fun. Don't get thing. me wrong. It's, yeah, exactly. It's fun, but, you know, come on. It's, yeah. You know, show me, but, show me somebody that hasn't been beat. I, I, they don't exist. 
Oh, exactly. And I was, yeah, so it's like, but yeah, I always laugh when people would like on the boards or even on Twitter or whatever, they would downgrade Parker because of that Probert loss. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, but yeah, but, uh, well, rap, well, I mean, you know, well, Darren Kimball, I mean, I love Darren Kimball. Um, and I love talking to him on yeah. Twitter. He's great on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Don't agree with his yeah, politics. Darren, I don't agree with I, his politics, I, I, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Him and I kind of got into it a couple times about that, but we stay away from that now. But when it comes to freaking just talking hockey, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I think I posted something. I was man, it's so funny. I was I'm like watching the old St. Louis uh, Detroit playoff series, and and I posted something about you know I don't know what it was, a little jab or something, and like why isn't anybody fighting Probert in this series? You know, like it's fucking Dave Lowry going after him with a stick or whatever, you know, whatever. And so Kimball, he, he messages me or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that was an interesting series. He goes, they, we were flat out told, you know, don't, don't fight Bob. Don't even give him that sort of uh, advantage that, that he might be looking for. And, and, you know, that was a, that was something that you could say about that. You know, if, if you kind of ignored him and just left him be, you wouldn't have to, you know, he, he wasn't, he was a force, but you know, what's you know what's going to happen you know if i fight him and i get my butt kicked or whatever in front of 20,000 in the playoff game that you know you can turn a series around doing something like that so you know it was one of those things if you let the gillies i think was kind of similar like you know if you let the sleeping giant sleep um, you probably have a better chance of of beating them and and i I really noticed it in that series and it was it was kind of funny that uh when I mentioned it and Darren actually messaged me and, and kind of filled me in on what really went on there. And I was like, that's awesome just to get that kind of inside scoop. And yeah, I like Darren. He's great. He's a, he's a great follow. He participates. He'll reply. He'll yep. message. Nothing bad uh, to say about that dude. Oh yeah. And like I said, with this tournament, he'll be right in there at the voting and throwing out some comments. Him and Jamie Rivers <laughs> will get rolling. And yeah. And then Jim yeah. McK- and then all of a sudden Jim McKenzie will be all of a sudden say something about his giant head. And, oh yeah. The yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah those guys are funny, man. They, oh, they, yeah. uh, they're a funny trio when they get going at each other. I, I love it. Oh, yeah. and uh, But, yeah, Kimball was great. And I laughed when we were talking about Steve. I think on one of his web, on his website he was doing uh, He had tweeted it. He goes, oh, Bob Probert versus Darren Kimball, uh, three-part breakdown or whatever. And Kimball, the, the next reply, you just see Darren Kimball. There's nothing to break yeah. down. He beat the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, and that's what that's the other great thing about him. He's so he's honest, right? He's yeah. not one of these guys that's trying to revisit history and well, da, 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 da. it's like no, yep, yep, pretty straight up, no. Nope. And and you know what? Like you said, there's, where's the harm in that? Where's the uh, the foul in, in being beaten by Bob Probert, especially you know when he as a Red Wing, you know, back in those days, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, he's a cool dude. He's a cool follow. Yeah, yeah. and then like I said. You know, that that was one of the very first player... I was never a big player DVD guy or player tape guy, but I had to get a Kimball tape. And uh, I think we, I think my buddy and I wore the reels off that thing watching that because, I mean, that he was the, uh, again, another highlight reel fighter just toe-to-toe. And, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think there's too many... Uh, you know, I don't think you could watch a Kimball fight tape and be like, ah, I'm not a real fan. You know, like, come on. Yeah. Like, guy was awesome. Yeah. Win, yeah. Lose, win, I, lose, I, draw. You know what, though? Definitely a guy that that I look back to appreciate. I, I got to be honest. When 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 Darren was in the league, I mean, I don't think he you know he he didn't he barely blipped my radar. And you know, I remember that the fight with the dude from Hartford, right, where he leaves him a bloody yep. mess. Oh, that that one always stood yep, out in yep, my yep, mind. Yep. Yeah, yep. And and so you know, you kind of knew the, the capability there and, and that kind of thing. And you know, he he played the role, but 
after getting on Twitter with the dude, then you go back and I watch his fights and it's, it just becomes more personal. Like you kind of, I don't know the guy. I'm not going to go that far or say anything like that, but it's just, you make a, a minor connection with somebody and then you go back and you're like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's fucking cool as hell, dude. Yeah, <laughs> well, been more yeah. And again, that's the, that's the one, as much as I always say, oh, Twitter's a cesspool and everything else. And it is, but it has its oh, definitely yeah. bright spots too, because it was, it's just real fun to put up like a, especially when I started getting the, like the minor league stuff towards the end of Kimball's career when he was in Albany and stuff like that. I put a couple of those fights up and he had some really good, he had a really good fight with Rhett Tremblay and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he had a little kind of deal set with Tremblay, him and they kind of got into it that game. But as soon as I put the thing up, Kimball would comment. Oh, and then he'd like, it's almost like he'd break the fight down. Like, Oh yeah, this is what happened. And oh, I did this. And it's same thing with this Robert's one. And so it was really cool to have, yeah, like you said, that interaction, like, man, that 20 years ago, this would have been awesome if I could have sat and talked to the guy that was in the fight. Yeah. That been, you <laughs> yes, know, right. You know, it's Well, like, and that's the other thing, you know, like, like his memory is, is awesome, the, the way he can, yeah. he recalls it. And that still baffles me that, you know, these guys will, they remember that probably like, well, I don't know what's comparable, but like, like, how do you remember some dude you fought, you know, 20, 30 years ago that maybe didn't get beyond that level right like so they have some recollection of a fighting a guy in junior who you know only us nerds know their his name right but yeah, uh, yeah. but they know they're like oh yeah I, I remember i fought that guy twice in this game or whatever and it's just yeah. like holy shit how do you, how do you remember yeah. all oh, yeah. that At first but, it was uh, behind the net and he grabbed my arm and oh yeah it's just like <laughs> yeah. what you yeah. know yeah no exactly but uh yeah i just kind of closed up i mean you got you know tony twist i mean you know what more can oh. you say about the twister i mean yeah. Oh. yeah, scary dude right there, man. I, oh. I was I was doing like I said, I was redoing some of the Probert footage, and I still, I, you know, I kind of laugh though. Like, like I don't know, like where Probert's at in that. There's a game where they have like two or three interactions, right? I don't think there's even a legit fight in the thing. I I don't know if Probert gets his hand stepped on, or he, like I think he cuts his hand at yeah. one point, and and Twister's still trying to get him to go right late in the game or whatever, and and Proby throws a fucking elbow right in his nose, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just like you just see it in his eyes, like motherfucker, you know. And he skates off the ice, like holding his nose. And there's Proby skating over the box, like, yeah, not today, big boy. I'm just gonna leave you with that. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. That's what I always said. I was thinking, I was saying, well, it was probably Steve I was talking to. I said with the Probert twist thing because I think they actually was it like three or four fights that they they well whatever they got majors three or four times. But I said that was the one thing those two never had the great fight. Yeah. Like it was always, always yeah. one of them stepped on a stick or something always happened or they went down right away or like it was never that drawn out probert fight. You know what I mean? And, oh, uh, yeah. And it was like, I even always, the co- like he fought him when he was young with St. Louis and it's just a, like a, like a five second news clip, right? Like you just kind of see probably spin and twist to the ice. You don't know what happened or whatever. And then their fight in Quebec didn't really <clears throat> materialize into too much. And, and yeah, then later with Chicago, you, you get these, yeah, they just, you're right. It's one of those, you just kind of like, oh, you just, they left you wanting more, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it'd be interesting. But, uh, yeah, speaking of twist, I don't know if my last guest I had on was Roman Volpat. And, uh, I had just, uh, he was talking about the first time they, they St. Louis drafted him. He's 20 years old. He goes to training camp for the first time and he walks and they were like, Oh yeah, go down to, you know, room, 
see there's your dressing room for the training camp. And he goes, the first thing I see, he goes, I'm walking by the glass, the workout room, and it had glass. You could see into it. And he goes, there's Tony Twist curling with 45, 45-pound plates on each side doing curls. And Volpat's sitting there looking. And he asks some guy, oh, is that the football team trying out here too? Or, you know, and they're like, no, that's Twist. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm, we're, I'm playing him? Like, he's like... He goes largest human or largest hockey oh. player he had ever seen at that time. Like he goes, it's like, no, oh, he goes, it's just ridiculous how big he was. It was just like, oh yeah, no, his his arms are you know like most people's legs. I mean, he's just he's a massive dude, especially at that time, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. And it was like, yeah. I mean, you watch the footage, and it's like he put that. You could just tell because like, even if it was against guys that would like. You know, like a, a Reed Simpson or a Darren Langdon, those guys who fought everybody. You watch them fight Twist, they don't want none of that. Like, uh, Simpson bails in that fight. I don't blame him because he's in a bad spot, but it's like, you know, I saw Simpson in bad spots against other guys, and he just took it and, you know, righted himself and kept going. But with Twist, it was like, I'm, fuck this, I'm out of here. You know, and it, I don't blame yeah. him. I'm not knocking the guy, but it's like, but Twist just had that command. And scared, oh, yeah. scared people. I don't blame him. Like I remember when he knocked Peluso out there in Quebec, when he hit him and yeah. Peluso's lying on the ice. And I remember Peluso even says when he woke up in the trainer's room, he goes, "Twist hit me so hard, I thought I could speak French." You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But it was yeah, just... I don't think there's too many guys like Twister and, and Coaster, and I'm not even trying to compare them or anything, but just they both had that crazy fear factor about them that. I think uh, you knew that, you know, if you got yourself in a bad position, uh, it, it could be lights out, and that's uh, that's not a good feeling. No, exactly. Well, and then you have, uh, of course, Dave the Hammer Schultz was sort of the original yeah. guy, the original goon, and, and actually, oh, yeah. there's a guy, I actually went back, and I've, <laughs> and I've watched, because again, way before my time, but I mean, I've went back, and again, with the help of playing with the Flyers, so there's lots of, fortunately, lots of stuff out there of him. Damn, he's pretty good. Really good, actually. Like you know, and I'm not saying oh, he's yeah. the number one guy or anything, but I mean, yeah. I, I, for some reason, he was better. Like, cause he always get that old flyer, the gang fight. They would always gang fight and everything. But yeah, you know, yeah, which is true. But I mean, initially, yeah, you, know, you watch the fights with O'Reilly and all those guys. He, Dave the Hammer Schultz, was legit. Well, right. I mean, how could you say he's not? I mean, uh, you know, he. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, the guy, I I find him so entertaining now when I watch that old footage. Yeah, I just yeah. think, what a, what, a, what an entertaining dude Dave Schultz would have. I would have just loved to have been a Flyer fan in those days because, yeah, he, he you know, he, I'm sure the Flyer fans thought, you know, he was number one. Boston thought, you know, O'Reilly was number one. Tiger, you had those 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 players that were all at that time. And, and I don't know if there was as much separation as, as there was maybe later on with, with fighters. Like, like back then, I feel like a lot of those guys were a lot closer and, and they were all a little bit dirty, you know, they yep. all had their moments. And, and it, but again, you're playing in an era. I, I remember the first time, I think the first fight I really saw him, uh, I got a, an old flyer tape or something, like you said, and, and he's fighting uh, uh, Dale Rolfe, that, yeah. that Rolfe fight with the Rangers in the playoffs. And, and the first thing that jumped out, I think it was that fight, maybe I'm mistaken, but you know, he grabs the back of his hair, right, yep. at one point. And, and I remember the announcer saying something like, you know, well, we'll have to see if he gets an extra two minutes for that. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, here I am, a product of the 80s, 90s. I'm like, 
we'll have to wait and see. Like, what do you mean? Like, that was a that was a penalty that may or may not be called. Like, what am I watching here? So that's when I really started. I, I tried to acquire as much '70s stuff as I could find because I thought, what a what a fantastic era for just uh, sheer violence and oh, yeah. and hockey. Well, and that fight is just <laughs> so different. bizarre. It's a playoff game, and these head all of a sudden he just headbutts him halfway through the fight because the guy won't let his arms go, and then he's like, I think he knees them when they're down, and it's just like you know, and it's like, I'm like, what? Like, I mean, shit, you'd be getting three to five years if you did that shit now. But I mean, back then, it's like everybody thought that turned the series around. That end, that won us the Stanley Cup, but it's just like all right. But yeah, but it, was, it was the game in Toronto. I saw the footage the other night, and he got into it with Tiger, and there's a line thing or whatever. But he's skating off the ice, and he's holding his nose. And he oh yeah, it, like you stink and all this. And the lead, they're throwing shit on the ice, and I'm like, this guy's the <laughs> ultimate entertainer. Like this is just, yeah. man, oh, love it, love it. Yeah, and it was great too. Like, like I, I have a little thing I'll throw out there once in a while. Like hashtag short, you know, short glass memories. Like, you know, yeah, back before yeah. the arenas had netting and mile high glass everywhere. I mean, you see the fans are fucking reaching over. It's you know they're they're standing up and they're above the glass. And the closest I came to that was I mentioned having a, a hockey trip with my buddy back in the day. We went to the old Toledo Sports Arena, and any of your listeners, and I know like Chris oh, Walsey. Yeah you know, played down there, they they get this. Anybody that went through that barn back when it was basically a pole barn that turned into a hockey arena knows exactly what I'm talking about. And the nuances of, of, of that arena are just incredible. And uh, like I said, the first time we went there, like we're standing up, we sat in the front row right next to the visiting bench, man. And we're just, we're standing up. And, and literally Brent Bilodeau, who played for Johnstown at the time, you know, he's about six three five, whatever he was. And, you know, like his shoulder to his head is, is over the glass. And we're, you're basically standing there looking eye to eye, like, like, what, what, where am I? I'm like in a time warp or something. This is, this is crazy. But, uh, but I'll tell you, man, if, if you ever had the chance to watch, and I'm sure you, there's barns out west that are, were similar, if not still similar, that, you know, some of those still stand and they still play in them. But, uh, it, it just that whole era is so special just because of, it, it was, I don't know, man, it was just something different about it. Like I said, the fans, the, the interaction, the glass, like you say, just throwing shit, yelling at people and, you know, you're taking your life in your hands, going to the visiting team's barn and, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, like the old arenas. Like, yeah, with Volpat, we talk about the crush can and moose jaw. Everybody, if you're, all oh, the folks out there don't know what I'm talking about, just type in crush can moose jaw and you'll see the rink. You'll be like, how is this, like, design? How do you even play in that? How is it designed that way? It looks like the roof. It looks like the Saddle Dome in Calgary, but, like, really, it looks like the middle, just, like, they're touching. It like it's ridiculous. But, yeah, that's like, if you watch old moose jaw footage, if, if anything happened in the two corners in the top of the screen, you didn't see nothing. Because it's like yeah. the, the roof was so low, and it's like, and they for whatever reason they put the camera in the back of the. It's like, what do you? Why don't you guys shoot length, not width? Come on now, but you know. <laughs> How but, many times did you find yourself yelling? You know, zoom. You, you get to get that some of that minor league footage, right? Uh, you get a tape of whatever, and the fucking dudes like three miles from the fight, and you're like, I don't know who that is. I don't even know what they're doing. You know, like like dude, use the zoom feature. I mean, I'm sure that was on the camera at the time, but. Uh, yeah, it made yeah. you appreciate when you get that some of that team footage, and it was like just spectacular. You know, they they knew what they were doing and zoomed in and and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I remember you get a fight like, oh, you know, I found a, a, a Toporowski fight with Indianapolis. Right, been looking for that footage my whole life, 
And and sure enough, I get it. And that's exactly it. There's like a fight behind the net. It's three miles away. You don't you don't even know if it's Topper. It's just because his name is you know listed on the on the list and it's him. But uh, yeah, it's, it's oh, crazy. Well, it's so funny you mentioned that. Yeah, it's uh, I remember I had Mike McWilliam on my show and we were sitting there talking and then after off air he's like. Uh, yeah, well, one of the fights I really wish I had a really good one with Mel Engelstad. He goes, I really wish I had that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm like, I got a whole bunch of shit from Mel, so I might have that. So I went looking for it. And he goes, yeah. And he knew exactly what's down in the corner, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, all right. Sure enough, I had the fight. I'm like, awesome. I got it from Engelstad. I put it in. Oh, yeah. Looked like two, two amoebas. You know, it was just like, you know, and, and but it's got the radio call. Oh, McWilliam and Engelstad are just killing each other. And it's like, yeah, you know. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And the, of course, McWilliam's all like, oh, you got it right on. Send it over. And I'm like, nah, never mind. You'll just get mad. Yeah, yeah, just act like I never told you anything. I'm not sending it to you, Mike, because it'll just frustrate you. Because I'm, I'm literally screaming at my monitor at a fight that's 20 years old. You know, I'm like, who is this cameraman? I want to find him right now. And I just want to like verbally eviscerate him. Like, what are you doing? Come on. Yep. Yeah. yeah what, that, that what's the say? You had though, one right? job. You had one job. You, know? you had one job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great thing, though, right? Sometimes it was like you didn't know what you were going to get, right? Like, okay, I'm getting this uh, whatever tape from whatever junior AHL, whatever it was, right? And, you, and you'd just be so geeked after reading the list, right? And then, yeah. and then you'd get it and just be like, this is fucking terrible. But, yeah. Oh, I know. And it was just like, oh, the biggest kick of the nuts. It's like, come on. Like, I'd rather just like not have known about this. You know, than to have this, I'd rather just not know, you know, because this is just beyond frustrating, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, Well, man, that was, uh, there we go. That's, uh, you know, like I said, we kind of touched on a few things. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked for a long time. It was great having you on, man. Let's give Paul. I'll give Paul Lawson credit here before we tune out, oh, but man. I just uh, probably one of the most underrated guys that maybe ever fought, right? Was uh, was Paul Loss? I mean, yeah. I think he gets looked over a lot, but uh, he he stood in with a lot of guys and, and beat a lot of guys that maybe you didn't think he was gonna. He seemed like he had a heavy punch. Yeah, well, that yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, Laws and uh, unbelievable. And unfortunately, you know, we you know got cut short with the wrist injuries and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, there's another guy. Yeah, if anybody listened and you're not really, you know, up to type in Paul Laws on YouTube, believe me, you'll be entertained. The dude could uh, could throw down. And I mean, one of the very few guys to put Baruby to put Baruby down, and you know, with that big yeah, he up, destroyed Ken Belange, yeah, Proby. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's got a he's got a nice card and a and a lot of wins that you. Just for whatever reason, outside of Florida and maybe the early years of Pittsburgh, you just uh, not too many people were up to speed on Paul Laws. But yeah, no, exactly. And Paul, you follow me on Twitter. I've sent you a private message. Answer. I need to get you on the podcast. <laughs> I want to get him on here because I want to talk about him and Niagara Falls and playing with the Albany yeah. Choppers of the IHL. I'd love to talk to him about that shit. He'd be great. You know. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, you get a reply from some of these guys because uh, those would be some really good interviews. Absolutely no, he'd be a, he'd be a lot of fun and uh, man, we used to think even there's a Niagara Falls guy. Man, it was like what was it? Him and Brad May and like VL on like one team yeah. and like and Keith Primo, like just holy shit, you know? Like <laughs> man, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they all played together, but uh, I know I know I'm pretty sure Laws May and uh, uh, VL probably did. They probably all crossed paths. I think Keith was a little younger, but 
and they probably had two, three guys you never even heard of, too, right? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Some always, you know, played a year or two as an overager, and you know, you go back and look, you had 290 minutes and 40 games or something. It's like, who? You know, but <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, well, man, hey, that was, uh, you know, we put in a lot of time. And uh, I know, like I said, at the start, I was trying to been, trying to get you to come on the show for, a, for a, a, shit, a year or two now. And it was just like, we got to come up with some topic. But I thought this was kind of a perfect opportunity. And, uh, and, and, and you crushed it, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we it was nice. We, we were able to thread the needle, find a good time for us both to, to make this happen. And uh, so I appreciate your flexibility, Darren. And uh, definitely, it was a lot of fun. I hope I hope the people listening don't fall asleep too early into it. But uh, uh, I did my best, and I, I'd love to come on again sometime. Oh, no, I, I, it was awesome. And like I said, I know there's a few old uh, fried chicken message board guys out there that are just, they've been hanging on every word. They were loving this shit, so... Uh, no, it was uh, no, it was a fun trip back in the time machine, and uh, and and hey, this is the I always say this is the whole reason why I do the podcast. It uh, you know it was to to you know to nerd out and talk about the good old days and the old fights because uh, you know we don't get an opportunity to do it very often anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you very much, and have a good night. All right, you too, man. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. You Bye. bet. Bye, bye. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?